Hey everyone, welcome back to the film re-roll. I am Paulo Quiroz, your humble host and narrator. We are still doing Memento. Now, quick reminder, each player is taking control of Leonard for a scene with no knowledge or context of what's happening. They have to roll to stay focused, and when they fail three focus checks, the next player takes over wherever they left off. Now, to emulate the movie, the scenes have been edited into reverse order, so every time you hear me intro a new player, we are jumping backwards in time. And with no further ado, let's get back to Memento. All right. He is a playwright. He's a prolific theater actor. You've seen him on TV in such shows as The Good Fight and Person of Interest. He was Tommy Barco on Billions. He's on SVU this season. And if you like audiobooks, you've probably been seduced by his mellifluous tones before. Most importantly, he's a regular on the film reroll. It's Scott Aiello. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Paul, you always you make me my career sound so much better than it is. It makes me really happy every time you talk about it. I think you should be my manager, I've decided. All so right. we're gonna I'm we're gonna we're gonna wrap this podcast thing up and uh, I think we're gonna put you yeah. in that position. Roll professional skill acting for me. I'm gonna do that right now. Uh-huh. No, I'm actually gonna do that. We're gonna do it. I have the twelve. I got a twelve. Well, that's a, for you, that's a big success, <laughs> but below average roll. We'll do we'll do what we can. I'll call some people. A roll. Fantastic. Professional skill manager. Ooh, uh, maybe you should go with someone else, actually. Oh, did you crit fail? <laughs> One away from a crit fail. <laughs> That's, you know, Which is, as a matter of fact, the only person I can think of that would be a worse manager would be Jaws Vabber. Okay, like Jaws Vabber <laughs> is my manager. She'd be like, well, I told that guy to fuck off. Uh, Jaws, but that was that was the biggest producer in Hollywood. You know what? You don't need him. You, you're better than that. You're better cool, than Jaws. that. Cool. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw us right into it. Uh, we, we don't have time for small talk on this episode. Oh shit. Okay, let's do it. Leonard. Yes, sir. You're you're in like a you're in a speakeasy. There's a nice brick wall laid out tables around you. There's sounds of jazz, and in your hand is a a broken bottle, like shattered at the end. You're holding it by the neck, and and you see that on the sharp edge there's blood, and now you see in front of you. A man in a nice suit, tall, dark hair, and he's lying on the ground with, with blood pouring out of his neck. There's another man close by your feet with no jacket, but also in a suit, and he's bleeding from the face, and he's staring up at you. Behind you, there's a young woman in a sundress. She's soaking wet, and now you notice that you're soaking wet as well. And then there's a big man to your right in like a cummerbund situation. And and he's huge. He's big and muscular and he's holding a lead pipe, but he seems like he's terrified of you. And, and he says, uh, uh, yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir, whatever you say. Well, what did I say? What did you say? Repeat it back to me. What did I, what did I say? You said that you, you wanted me to take this gentleman to safety and and take you to a therapist. That's what you said. Okay. Did I get it right? Yes. No, you did just fine. So, Take that gentleman to safety and take me to a therapist. Yeah, yeah. right away, sir. Right away. Uh, just what do we do with him? And he points down to the unconscious man bleeding from the neck. Uh, I'll tell you in one second, but I have to go to the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? The, the bathroom? Yeah. Oh, uh, right over over here. Cool. You see that in the little speakeasy you're in, it's sort of like got two levels, one like four feet higher than the other with a little staircase that you're at. Uh Behind you, there's like an archway in the stone wall that leads into darkness. And in front of you, there's like a proper door. And that's the way he seems to be pointing. Okay, nobody move. I'll be right back. And I go to the bathroom. (laughs) You walk through the, the door. 
And uh-huh. here you see you're in a little hallway and there's men's and women's rooms to in front of you to your left. Past that, there's like a either a trash chute or a dumbwaiter. And then there's stairs to your right. I would like to go into the men's room. Okay. You go into the men's room. Okay. I would like to check my pockets. <laughs> I put my beer I put my beer bottle down. It was a wine bottle, by the way. Oh, fantastic. I put my broken wine bottle down. I want to keep it with me. Mm-hmm. And I look in the mirror and I say, Leonard, Leonard, what have you done? What is happening? And <laughs> what what do I see when I look in the mirror? Let's start there. It's you. You haven't changed significantly other than the fact that you look a little bit worse for wear. You you feel bad. You feel like you've taken a few shots too many. And there's particularly okay. a big pain in your right shoulder. That is that's is your left shoulder follow, th- but I believe. throbbing. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're very pretty. There's a nasty throbbing pain in your left shoulder, and you feel a stinging pain in your left hand, and you see that your pinky is bandaged up, something heavy. Otherwise, you look normal, if a bit bruised. Uh, you're dressed in slacks and a red polo, and you're soaking wet and kind of dirty, much like Peter Strait's bed. Okay, so. <laughs> um, Okay. Well, first I'm gonna I'm gonna take off my jacket, open up my shirt. Do I have any visible scars on me? So you're you're open up all your clothes. Well, you see that on your uh-huh. shoulder there's a big bandaged up area. There. Do I have any new tattoos? You see, yeah, you see tattoos on your upper chest. John G murdered my wife in a different font, nicer font in your mid chest. It says find him and kill him on your right bicep. Consider the source. Memory is treachery. Left bicep, she is gone. Time still passes. Upside down on your solar plexus, condition yourself. Photograph, house, car, friend, foe. Okay. Left flank upside down, you see hide your weakness. On your right flank, this one looks self-made. It's rough. It says, I'm no different. On the back of your left hand, remember Sammy Jenkins. And that, that triggers a memory for you. What is you know the, what that means. What that reminds memory? you of Sammy Jenkins is the guy who you knew as a as an insurance investigator oh, who okay, had the gotcha, same disease. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yes, yes, yes. That now, triggers now you. Remember, now I remember, yeah, yeah. Upside down right. on your lower belly, it says, eat. And and you realize that you're, you actually, you look strong, but you've lost weight since the version of yourself you remember. You're, you're way more muscular and cut. It says upside down, lower right flank, buy film. Upper right flank, camera doesn't lie. Notes can be lost. Habit and routine. Learn by repetition. Left forearm, the facts, fact one male, fact two white. Right forearm, first name John, and then in a self-made tattoo, or James. Last name G, and then a line, denoting you don't know the rest of the name. Back of right arm, never answer the phone. And that's the body. That's the body. I mean, you haven't checked your legs yet, but that's your torso. Okay, okay, let's check my legs. All right. Uh, Well, so the only thing thing you see on your legs is a tattoo that looks pretty, it looks pretty fresh. It's like red. And still healing. And it says, uh, fact five, drug dealer. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, uh, I'm going to get myself by, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm going, and I'm just like, what have you gotten in you? What have you gotten yourself into letter? What have you gotten yourself into? I want to check my pockets. I want to, what do I have on me? What are some of the things I have on? Ah, so you, as I noted, I, I, and I get, I get dressed again. I put all my clothes back on. You were soaking wet and you feel some things in your pocket, but they're mostly dissolved oh no is there anything that i can make out from these things there's a wallet and if you look inside the wallet the wallet's pretty soaked through and and some of the notes may be ruined the bills are still fine and you notice that the license and credit card are not yours they belong to someone named uh james grants james grant yeah that's the that's what it says yeah well what does he look like 
Like a douche? What's the license look? Well, what does that describe a douche to me? What does this guy look like? Because I'm... He's got a uh, mustache. He's got Just slightly long shoulder length hair. Because this, this, this might be the guy that murdered my, my wife. It might be. He's not one of the... F- one of the people you saw in the other room. He's white, maybe Hispanic, is, mustache, for, 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 black hair. For, for, for Scott's mind, is this is this isn't Joe Pateliano, right? No. No, it is not. Okay. Uh, all the other things are destroyed. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, all right. I, I, I look in the mirror. I slap myself a couple times in the face. And I come out. And, As you come uh, into I, the hallway, you see that um, yeah. the girl in the sundress has kind of crept her way to the door. And she looks at you and says... That was really scary, huh? You okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Could I? Could we talk for a second? I want to. I, I make to to open. I said, can you can you join me in my office for a second? And I I, I jokingly try and get her to come into the men's room. Oh uh, yeah, I've oh I've never been in a men's. Oh yeah, sure. Great. She comes said, into the men's room. She's she's immediately distracted, looking around. She's like plays with the urinal, I, flushing it, and kind of giggles. I say, do you know who? First of all, how old is this girl? She looks like mid to early 20s. Great. I say, do you know who I am? Yeah, Leonard. You're Leonard, Shelby. Leonard. Do, you know, do you know about my condition? Yes, Leonard. I know. I know. I know about the condition. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how do we know each other? Uh, I'm your girlfriend. You're, you're, my, you're my girlfriend. So yeah. How long have we been we, going out? We go through this, you know, a few weeks. And what's your name? My name is Anne. And uh, I'm going to go on a limb here and, and trust you. And since you're my girlfriend, can you tell me what that was all about in the other room? Because I have no idea. Yeah, you you were protecting us. You murdered that guy. I murdered him with this bottle? Yep. Yep, with the bottle. Why did I do that? Why did I do that, Anne? Because you thought he might be a threat. You thought we were in danger and you're brave and strong. And so you, you stood up for us. I have the feeling that Jaws Vammer was in charge of me last time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> cold-blooded killing, check. Okay, Anne. Uh, Anne, can you tell me, uh, do you know about about the man that I'm looking for, John G., the yeah. man who killed my wife? I'm supposed to help you find the man who killed your wife. Yep. Okay. I'm on top and of how it. are we doing in that, Anne? Well, not so good so far, unless it was that guy and you didn't tell me. No. Which is I, always possible, because sometimes you don't tell me things. I pull my wallet out, I take the picture of the license out, and I show it to Anne. And I say, I think this is the man that murdered my wife. Do you know where this man is? No. She shakes her head. Do you know who this man is? You don't, you've never seen this man before? No. She shakes her head. Okay. Who was the other guy in the room, the one that, that looked at me with the pipe and he was scared? Uh, his name is Bestoso, he said. Bestoso? Yeah. Why was Bestoso afraid of me? Because you were being super scary. Okay. And you scared him. Who was Bethesda talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right, Anne. Let's go back in and see if we can find Beto. What's his name? Betosto? Bestoso. Best- Bestos- Bestoso. Let's Bestoso. Let's see if we can find Bestoso. Cool. Lead the way, Anne. I'm with you. Okay. And she uh, gathers her strength and she plays with the urinal one last time and giggles at it. And then she pushes her way out the men's room and through the hallway and back into the little speakeasy area. And you see that Bestoso has helped the the man up, the guy who was kind of beaten up at your feet. Uh huh. And as you come in, he looks, he kind of stands at attention and looks scared of you again. I say, do you? I look at the guy. I say, uh, I look at Bestoso. Bestoso? Yeah, Bestoso's the big guy. Yeah, the, the guy with the lead pipe. I say, why were you beating this man up? You already asked me that. Yeah, I'm asking you again. Why don't you just answer the question? Well, because he told me to, and he points at the dead man. Bestoso, do you work for that man? Well, not anymore. Yeah, what did you what did you do for him? 
you know, mostly, um, and he takes the lead pipe yeah, and he I th- slaps I it into his hand. Look, you know, Bastoso, I'm thinking that you're probably in need of a new employer. Well, I think I technically still work for, you know, the guy upstairs. And, I, and you're not talking about God, are you, Bastoso? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wish. No. Hey, Bastoso, just for all of our memories, who's the guy upstairs? The guy upstairs, he's the big boss. He's the sleeping heart. He's a mysterious and powerful figure. He pulls the strings and winds the gears and all that. Well, I've never met him, but not a lot of people have. He keeps to himself, mostly. And I look at the other guy. I said, what's your name? Yeah, so the guy who was bleeding, not the dead guy who was bleeding from the neck, but the other guy who was bleeding from the face, he's tall and handsome. Now you see him standing. He's got sandy, kind of blonde, brownish hair, neatly combed. He seems to have found an ice pack while you were in the bathroom. He uh, nods at you and he says, the name's Oliver, Oliver Morgan. I'm Leonard. It's nice to meet you, Oliver. Pleasure's all mine. Hey, Oliver, what's what's your role with the this uh, society here? I was a spy of sorts. Mr. Kane there, pointing to the dead guy, Mr. Kane there had me working my way into the Russian mob. Uh-huh. I went balls up, and Kevin Kane was the kind of guy who didn't give you a chance to let him down twice, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. The point is, I seem to now owe you my life, Leonard. For a little while, at least. I think the man upstairs won't take kindly to the death of his consigliere. Yeah, that's for sure. We should probably go tell the man upstairs what happened, huh? He looks you up and down thoughtfully, and he says, One does not simply walk in to see him. (laughs) The man upstairs keeps careful company, Leonard. Uh, But after watching your work, if anyone can get an audience with him, Leonard, I think you can. (laughs) Okay, let's go meet the man upstairs, boys. (laughs) All right. Um, actually, wait, one second. So uh, first thing I do before I even do that, I take my, I take the wallet and I take the card and I look at these guys and say, do either of you know this man? So when I show them a picture, they, they both come forward and, uh, Morgan shakes his head, but Bestoso looks at him with recognition and says, yeah, I know that guy. Who is he? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where do you know him from Bestoso? He's a, he's a dealer. He works for the Fox. They're, you know, one of the, he works for the Fox. Hey, listen, Bastoso, do you you got a pencil and a piece of paper? Well, and he grabs a napkin off one of the tables and he hands it to you and he goes to the Great. You get, they got he a goes pen. goes and roll scrounging. Yeah, he finds a pen and he hands it to you. Great. I'm going to write down on this napkin. Mm-hmm. James Grant. Did you say he's a drug dealer this guy? Yeah, he nods. Bastoso? Yeah. He works for the Fox. So I write on the napkin, John Grant, James Grant, drug dealer, works for the Fox. And I write that on the napkin. I say, how do I get in touch with the Fox? Yeah, I know some toughs who work for the Fox. I can probably pull a I contact. I would really appreciate but, that. But the thing is... Bastoso, the man killed my wife. That's the thing why is, I'm... we're not supposed to mess with the Fox's guys right now. My boss, well, that guy, pointing to the dead guy, said the Fox is part of the plan. And if I go against the plan, the guy upstairs will have my head. So you're saying maybe we should clear it with the guy upstairs first? Yeah, if I can clear it with him, I can take you right to him. Do you think the guy upstairs is going to be upset that I killed his friend down here? Yeah, I think he might be. I, I would be careful. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured, too. Yeah. Okay, let's go meet the guy upstairs. Okay. I think I can handle this. Lead on, Bastoso. Yeah, and he uh, heads for the stairs. Can I, wait, sorry, sorry, wait, I actually, hang on a second, fellas. Can I scrounge around here for yeah, any kind of weapons? Give me a, give me a scrounge on me. 
Very good. Very I good. I got a five. You find a very sharp steak knife. Okay. At one of the tables. I just want to take that stick into my pocket. And give me your first focus check with that scrounger. Oh, right, 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 right. That's a good roll. You're fine. Oh, there you go. I got it. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, Bistoso walks ahead up the stairs steadily, nervously. Anne follows behind you with her hands on the back of your shoulders, holding on as if she might fall off. Behind walks Oliver Morgan, who you notice is just kind of like, the man is on borrowed time at this point, you know? Yeah. And he seems oddly relaxed considering the situation. I think, I look at Oliver, I say, I think it's better if I talk to the man upstairs by myself. You stay downstairs. I'm a dead man walking in this building, brother. What, What do you mean by that? I fucked the big man's plan. And everybody knows it. I can't run. I can't hide. And if I did make it out the front door somehow on the streets, the Russians will kill me. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. You stick by me, and if there's any trouble upstairs, it'll be you and me. And we'll, we'll do what we can about it, okay? I'll, 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 I, got, I got your back downstairs, and you get my back when we're up here. What do you say? Solid deal. Honestly, uh, if you're going up there to give the man upstairs a piece of your mind, I just really want to see it happen. All right, sounds good. And we continue Because the man up. upstairs, they say, knows no fear. But you, Leonard, you are one scary son of a bitch. <laughs> Thanks, I, I've, been, I've been told that before. And there we go, we go, we go upstairs. All right, so you walk up this curving staircase in a wooden inset wall, and it comes out a uh, little door. As you come up to the first floor of this building, you see to your right... One of those doors with a little window on it, a circular window, like it's a kitchen door. In front of you, a black door. And to your left, you see a big room with a chandelier and a pianist playing and and a crowd of people milling about with wines and cheeses and a speaker on like a little dais. Is that the right word? A little podium kind of area. Deus, giving yeah. giving a, a a really kind of inane business presentation. Uh, before I uh, I take I grab Batesta Batesta Bastudu Bahudu Bestoso Bestoso. Give me a second. I'm going to write that. No, I love I love the making up a new version of it every time. It's it's becoming a bit, and I will miss it if it goes away. And then I say Bestoso. What was the name of the guy that I took care of downstairs? Uh his his name's Kevin Kevin Kane. He's the brother of, uh, and he points to the guy on the dais. Is that the man upstairs? Well, he's a man upstairs. He's not the no, man so upstairs. That's not the man. That's not. Okay. So that's just the brother of the guy that's on the stage. Well, why don't we avoid him? Take me to the man. Take me to the man that you're talking about. Well, we're going to have to walk through the, and he points to some stairs leading up that are to your left that would force you to walk through a significant degree of the wine and cheese social that seems to be going on and causing you to be well within view of the stage. Uh, I don't think they want us to bother the guests. That's okay. You're with me. It'll be fine. Pat him on the back reassuringly. And with your reassurance, he leads the way, pushing his way apologetically through some champagne-sipping socialites, and you get to the bottom of the stairs. However, you uh, are noticed by uh, one of the crowd at the wine and cheese who walks over a lanky man with a haughty demeanor who uh, calls at Bastoso. John, John, what's going on? What's this? Who are these people? Oh, they uh, wanted, they needed to see the offices. It's like, no, they're not, they're not allowed in the office. What are you talking about? Well, who are you? Who am I? 
Who are you? Who are you? I asked you first. Uh, I have an appointment to see the man upstairs, and I'm, t- I'm going to go up there. You have an appointment to see the man upstairs. Yeah, that's that's real funny. I do indeed. Nobody sees the man upstairs. And I just start walking up the stairs. Okay. And he says to Bestoso, John, grab that guy. Bestoso reacts and goes to grab you, and um, he, he grabs you by the shoulder, or he, he attempts I'm to. I'm going to let him grab my shoulder, and then I'm going to intimidate him. And I'm going to say... Uh, I'm, 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 Who, which one of, which one of them are you intimidating? Both of them? Or? Uh, I think I'm going to try... I, can I do two with one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to try and intimidate them both. Okay, give us a roll. That's uh, a big that fail. That is a fail. <laughs> and now, do I need to do a focus check? A focus check, please. Oh, great, okay. Uh, whoa! Crit success focus crit check! Crit success focus check. Yes, indeed. I need to decide what this means. Well, I've, I've we've had crit success focus checks, and I've ruled that they give you a focus check back, but I'm not going to give you a fourth focus check. Come on! So, instead... So there's the rule that no one's really made much use of, that you can burn a focus check for a plus four. I'll give you that plus four for free. You can use it whenever you want. Great. Okay, great. I want to just like... <laughs> But you still have this failed intimidation. Yep, 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 yep. I say, how dare you, sir? How dare you? And I slap John's, I I slap his hand away in a very wimpy fashion. Yeah. So your previous intimidation successes on Bestoso are kind of washed by that. And you see now that some of the guests around you are turning to look at you. And the man on the dais who is broad-shouldered with slick Back, black hair has noticed you as well, although he's still talking to the crowd. Uh, At first, Bestoso takes his hand off you, but then when you get loud, he puts both hands on you and gets kind of official with you. Sorry, but guests aren't allowed in the upstairs space, sir. I say, okay, I say, gentlemen, I apologize. It has been a hell of a night. Uh, I'm sorry, we got off to the wrong foot. Tell me your name, uh, sir. I- I'm Leonard, and I go. I talk to the guy that came over to Leonard. I need to, to know exactly how you got in here. This is a private event for high rolling donors, and I you, be... sir, and he points well, to your will... sopping wet, dirty clothes, are not a high rolling. I would like donor. to explain myself if I could. Can you? Can you at least tell me your name? Oh, his name is Martin. He's the head of event planning. John, he does not need to know that. Martin. Well, Martin, uh, I tell you, I've had a hell of a day. I took a blow to the head. I came in off the street, and uh, these gentlemen, this gentleman was was kind enough to take care of me. Oh, I can't lie in front of. Uh... Be- Be- Betty Betty Boso over here. Uh, shit. I say, look, what can I tell you, man? Um, I was able to get, I, I was able to break into this place, uh, and uh, I just really need to see the man upstairs. My wife was killed, and he might be the only one that's able to help me. Is there any way that I can see this man upstairs? Can you help me in any way? Can you take pity on a poor guy who's down on his luck? Uh, Martin's eyes harden. Okay. And he says, uh, sir? This organization runs 27 shelters around the city. If you need help, go there. Don't walk in sopping wet to our fundraiser. Mr. Bestoso, please see this man out. Right, right away, sir. And he grabs you. And I say, I go, I go. oh my and God, Bestoso, what's that? And I point behind him. Okay, give me a fast talk roll. <laughs> fast talk? Or an acting roll. <laughs> yes, I get it by two. That's a success by two. And uh, Bestoso rolls. And he is a dumbass. And he uh, theatrically turns his head. What? Turns all the way around. And I I just fucking book. I book up the stairs. I'll give the other guy a roll as well. He does, he does not fall. But you're booking it up the stairs. Yep. And books it after you. The other guy's booking it as well. You make it to the top of the stairs. You have a couple of rounds on them. But Martin and Bestoso are hot at your heels. 
Oliver Morgan is right by your side as well, still holding an ice pack against his face. You arrive at what looks like a very ordinary office space, open layout, but with no cubicles. And there's no one at any of the desks at the moment, though you see several closed doors that might have people behind them. More pressingly, though, there's a big transparent wall that separates you from all of that. And on this side of the wall, there's only a single reception desk, which is also currently empty. Okay, cool. is there a door? There is a door. Okay, I want to try the door. Okay, the oh, door is locked. Yeah. The door is locked. Uh, I want to. Yes. <laughs> I I pound on the door and I say, I say, please, please, I need your help. I need your help. It's very important that I see you, sir. And I just start pounding on the door. You see a single office worker on the other side of the floor working late hours, and his head pops up from behind a monitor. But he makes no immediate move towards you, and the guys are coming up the stairs fast. This guy's not going to be any help in time. Okay, then I'm just going to turn around and brandish my knife and and <clears throat> wait for them okay. to go up the stairs and I'm just going to be like, back off! Back off! Okay. You brandish your knife and the first guy up the stairs is the lanky dude, Martin, mm-hmm. who runs up the stairs and goes, whoa, hey, 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 hey! And he puts his hands up and he stands behind Bestoso and like points it at you to for Bestoso to take care of you. Okay, I say, Bestoso, I think I use your memory from downstairs. You really want a piece of this, I say, and I wave the knife in his face. He puts his hands up and he says, sir, I don't want to fight you, no. Wait a minute, Bistoso, think about this, okay? Think about this. What What do you think the man upstairs is? You, you need me with you to talk to this man or you're going to lose your job. Am I wrong or am I, am I right or am I wrong? You know what went on downstairs. Now, come on. Let's do this together. Bestoso wavers, but then Martin yells at him, I don't care what happened downstairs. You have one job and it is security. And if you don't do it now, you will lose it. And at that, Bestoso starts to walk at you. But then Oliver Morgan pipes up and says, John, the man upstairs may be nice. He may be understanding. The sleeping heart's a charity, for God's sake. But Arthur Kane has no mercy. You let his brother die. Don't know you, but I'm rolling the dice upstairs. Mm-hmm. And Bestoso is now wavering on a knife's edge. Give me some kind of a roll to push him over. An influence roll. Uh, leadership? Sure, leadership. I guess I, 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 guess I don't leadership. have I guess I don't have leadership. Diplomacy is at 11. Interrog- intimidation is at 11. It's about the best I can do. Does appearance, does handsome help me with any of those things? With uh, diplomacy? Uh, not on Bestoso, Not on Bestoso, of course. That makes perfect sense. All right. I don't want to burn my plus four yet. I'm just going to roll this shit and let's see what happens. I'm just going to roll. Uh, it's a better roll. So I'm going to roll intimidation. No, they're the same. I'm going to roll okay. diplomacy. I don't want to. I don't want to intimidate Bistoso. I've already. He's my pal. I got it. I won. That's a success. Yeah. Success. Focus check. Oh, focus check. Right. Fail. That's, that's your first fail. But so, yeah, give me give me that. You see the waver in his eyes as Bestoso is considering I something. Say, I say, Bestoso, Bestoso, I say your whole life could change tonight, man. It, it, all, it all can happen in the blink of an eye and you got to you got to grab it. This could be your chance. Just come with me. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Have you ever met a crazier motherfucker than me? And I kind of waggle my eyebrows at him. Bestoso reaches over to the little reception desk, grabs the chair behind it and throws it through the glass wall. <laughs> yeah, And the whole thing fucking shatters. And yes. uh, Martin is left in utter shock. John, you are way out of line. And Bestoso decks him. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> nice, I have a and thug. And Martin does not see it coming. 
and Martin uh, goes down, <laughs> takes one to the to the jaw. Uh, I want to search. And he goes I down. would like to loot the body. <laughs> Anything? Which yeah, I sure. Uh, give me a search roll. Do you have? I search? have search at twelve. Yeah. Uh, if there's like a gun or something in this guy's pocket, that would be really helpful. Although it, maybe I shouldn't even waste even waste a roll here because I don't even want to. Every time I roll, I take a chance. It's true. Yeah, what, what am I talking about? I say Bustoso. Search his body. <laughs> see, I say, see if he's got anything on him. See if he's got a gun on him. No gun, just his wallet. Okay, give me that. His keys. Great, give me his wallet. I take his wallet. Tosses you his wallet. Great. Put it in my pocket. It's got some money in there. Fantastic. We, he's got an ID. That'll come in fucking handy later. Um, did he lie about it? Oh, what's his real name? I look at his wallet. Martin Lender. Cool. All right, let's go. I was like, I go, please. I I, I indicate the the shadow glass. I said, Bustoso? After you and I, I uh... and you guys walk through the pile of glass where that big fancy looking wall used to be, yeah. and you see the one office worker who had been like walking to see if he was going to let you in yeah. is just kind of like yeah. huddled, like with his hands over his head, and he and he pokes his head up and he says, "What the fuck was that?" I see, I see. And uh, and Bestoso punches him in the face. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bestoso. I wish I had. I wish I had. It feels like I have a Jeff. I want to like give him a piece of candy or something, but I've got I've got no candy on me, unfortunately. But I think that um, I say uh, I think what I do is I take all the money out of the wallet and I say, Bestoso, you are just an admirable, admirable human being. I give him all the money that's in the wallet. And I go, let's continue. Which way? Do you, where, where do you think the boss is? Oh, I, I I I thought you knew. I've never actually I've never actually been up here. Oliver, do you know? Not really. No, I mean I know there's a third floor in the building because I've seen it from the outside. There's those big tall windows up there, but I, I've never had a reason to go up. He starts to look around. There's three doors in this area. They all look like offices. They have nameplates on them. You see that he's looking down a short hallway that goes off the opposite end, and there's restrooms there and an emergency exit. Uh-huh. He says, I've been in that stairwell too, but it doesn't go above this floor. It leads into the south wing on the first floor, and I don't really know what's down there, but we could try that out. On the other hand, there's a window in the men's room. We could just try climbing the outside of the building. Okay. And pipes in at this point and says, uh, I'm on a twisted ankle and I'm not the strongest climber to begin with. Maybe one of these is a fake office door with stairs inside. Mm, I don't think so. The names are all real people who work here, but we could try. He points at the nearest office and the name on it is Arthur Kane. Kane's one of the very few people to report directly to the man upstairs. His office might have info on how to find them. All right, we go, we go to the office. Yeah, so you all go to the door that says Arthur Kane on it, and it is locked. Oh, However, Bestoso just moves you aside, raises his leg, and gives it a hard kick right at the doorknob. That's a success. The door swings open dramatically, and inside there's a very well-appointed office. Nice coat rack as you walk in. Several wooden filing cabinets, a lot of mahogany. A big desk covered in scattered papers. Behind it, windows with a view of greenery. There's a door on your left that's open, and you can see that it's a little private parlor. And on the right side of the room is what looks like a private elevator. Uh, I have, you know, Jedi temples have taught me anything. It's that cool shit is in elevators if you can get them to work. So I would like yeah. to go over and call the elevator. Yeah, there, there's the lift, 
as it were. There's no button on the outside of the lift. There's an old wooden lever, and when you pull it, the elevator doors ka-chunk open mechanically. Inside, there's a nice wood finish with mirrored walls above chest height. There's a single panel, which is clearly a later installation. It's clean and digital, not in the lavish turn-of-the-century style of the rest of the room. And there's two unlabeled circular buttons laid out one above the other, and below them is a digital display, and below it a keypad. Uh, well, I, I would think that I would press the one that is the topmost button. Yeah, when you press one of the buttons, the digital display lights up with red letters that say, Passcode. Okay, fantastic. I say, uh, I say, Oliver, any chance you know the passcode for this? He shakes his head. No, you're... Uh, you're above my pay grade here. Bestioso, any chance you know this thing, this passcode? He looks quizzically at it and thinks about it for a second, staring carefully at the number pad, looking at it from the side, from the other side. <laughs> he looks at you and says, I think you have to put in the right combination of numbers and it'll let you upstairs. Thank you, Bestioso. You are absolutely correct. That's fantastic. Uh, gentlemen, uh, what do you say we, we uh, turn this office inside out and look for this password? So we're going to go into the office, and we are going to look for this guy's password. All right. You guys are on limited time. Give me a search roll and succeed by five. Oh, shit. Okay. I am going to... I'm going to burn my thing and I'm going to, okay. so I'm going to get a, so I get a plus. I was at search 12 minus five is what? Uh, seven. Seven. And you're using your plus four. So I'm using my plus four. So I'm at 11. Search at 11. Yep. And the guys all get search rolls too, yeah, right? Yeah, they'll all get uh, search rolls. Um, that is a got, nine, my friend. I got it by two. Awesome. Nicely done. I'll give them rolls as well. All right. Uh, you all set into frantic motion searching the room. You're looking through all the papers in the desk, and for your excellent role, you get some decent info from just looking through all these papers. The organization is officially a charitable foundation called the Society of the Sleeping Heart. But occasionally it'll be labeled in the papers as the waking heart instead, and you get the sense that this indicates a more secretive side that has other aims. You find some private letters that indicate deep connections to organized crime. They appear to be helping the Russian mob expand their territory at the expense of other local gangs, but at the same time funneling money to the local gangs. Okay. But it's unclear why they're doing this. Uh, you're sorting through these papers, starting to get interested when you notice on one of the papers, there's a nine-digit number written in pencil <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> you're like, I would like to uh, What a fucking take moron. That, don't write down your that, passcode. Uh, yeah, don't write your fucking... It's, it's one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. I would like to take the code uh, and the piece of paper and I would write, I would like to write underneath it, passcode to elevator. And then underneath that, I want to say society of the sleeping hollow, whatever this place is called. I want to write down on the piece of paper too. And I think I would like to um, write the information that I had on my napkin transferred to this piece of paper and put it in the driest part of my outfit that I have. I put it in my wallet. I, put, okay. I find a, a dry space in my wallet. Stick it in my wallet. Okay, and uh, and yeah, I'm go We're going. We're, we're running back to the elevator, and we're going to try and enter those buttons. Come on, everybody, pile you in. You see, just as you put the numbers in, the thing lights up, and uh, you see one head kind of poking its head into to see what the noise was on the other side of the office, and the elevator uh, closes, and yes. you guys start to head upstairs. Yes, and. <laughs> 
have no idea what I'm doing. This is going to be fantastic. Nobody does. This is going to be fantastic. And oh, did you? Uh, you did not give me a uh, focus check Damn on that search roll before didn't, we moved on. Didn't think you'd notice that ball, but you did. You sneaky bastard. I always okay, notice. Here we go. I got it. That's a size five. The doors go ding. I say as we're going up in the elevator. I want to ask, but uh, uh, Bastusu, uh, uh, a Bastusu. I say. Uh, is Arthur is Mr. is Mr. Big the is the boss man named Arthur Kane? Yeah, he was the guy who was talking there on the little in front of all the people. Oh, okay, that was the guy that was up on the stage. Gotcha. He's, okay, he's the business side, and his brother Kevin, who you killed, he was more the the other the other side. It's a little like knife gesture. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank. I appreciate. And they the both work for the guy upstairs. He says, who, meaning whose name whose and name he you makes don't know. at first an upstairs gesture and then an around here gesture. As you look around in the new space. No, I got you, Batuzdo. Uh, you are clear as glass. Let me ask you, uh, do you know the name of the guy upstairs? Oh, well, I've heard the name Valen, but some say he has many names. I've heard he doesn't have a real name at all. He was left on the doorstep of a monastery of silent monks as a baby, and they couldn't name Oliver, him. Oliver, what? Uh, some say he's not one man. But a title, the Valen, which has been passed down from monk to monk for generations. Others say he is just one man, but he's over a thousand years old. Wow, uh, uh, Arthur, uh, tell me, uh, do you? I mean, uh, uh, Oliver, do you know the name of this dude? You know, I think I might. See, that's one of the reasons I wanted to go up there with you. I figured out what Kevin Kane was up to, and it's well, it's complicated. But point is, I followed the money, and it all comes from a guy named Aaron Woodward. Yep. Well, I've never heard of this guy, but I kept looking and everything, the society, this building, belongs to the Woodward family estate. Meanwhile, the Kane brothers run everything and no one's ever heard of Woodward. I think they've been holding him prisoner. Jesus Christ, what the hell rabbit hole are we down? It's all rabbit holes. Fuck, man, holy shit. Uh, all right, let's let's meet him. I'd like to meet this man. Uh, uh, um, why, 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 do, why do they lock him up, Oliver? Who knows? Money? Power? The Woodward family's filthy rich and mostly dead. I could be wrong, but I wouldn't put it past the Canes to put a guy on ice and turn his foundation into their own criminal enterprise. I feel like I'm about to meet Sloth. All right, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Oliver, I'm going to count on you to be my uh, my source of information on anything that I might need to know. Let's 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 meet this man. I'm I'm intrigued. I can't wait to meet uh, the Sleeping Heart. Yeah. So the elevator gives out into a large sort of sparse room. In front of you, there's a small table area. There's a kitchenette. To your right, there's a couch and past it, a dresser and a large unmade bed behind some curtains. In fact, curtains sort of dominate the space. The ceilings are pretty high and all the windows have long, flowy curtains. You're on the far left of the room in the direction you're facing as the elevator opens. The far right end has two doors. One is open and it looks like a bathroom from here. The other door is red and it has no knob. It sort of swings. And there's, any, there's, any, there's, no, there's nobody in the room that we're in currently? The room appears to be empty. All right. Well, uh, we would like to go to the red door and uh, politely knock. I'm going to politely knock on the red door. Give me a give me a perception roll on this room before oh, you... Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea. I'm just trying to get away with things without rolling because it risks my life. 11. That is a six... On the dot. On the dot? Yes, ma'am. So for on the dot, all you see is a note on the door of the elevator. And all it says is, don't come downstairs, back in five. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to put uh, Batuzda out here. I say, Batuzda, I'm going to go talk to this guy. 
I'm going to go talk to him and make sure he put in a good word for you, but I need you to make sure nobody disturbs us. So stay out here and stand guard, okay? Just just do whoever comes, don't let do whatever you do, don't let them through this door. I'm going to take Oliver with me and um, we're going to go see the man inside, okay? Yeah. Is that all right with you? It's fine by me. All right. And Anne says, can I, can I come... Can I come too, Leonard? You come too, Anne. You come with us too. Absolutely. Always, always with you, sweetie. Always. Okay. And so you're going through the red door? Going through the red door. I mean, you can't put a red door. I mean, not use it. You walk through the red door and you're in a darkened room and there's light flicker. And then you realize immediately you're in, you're in like a projection room. It's a little movie theater and there's like Looney Tunes being displayed. And at first you think it's empty because it's dark. But then at one point there's the... Duck thieving, wabbit thieving, duck thieving, wabbit thieving. And as Elmer Fudd shoots Daffy in the face, you know this cartoon. I, I absolutely. For like the fifth time, you hear a cascade of laughter from the middle seats of the theater. Uh, okay, I would like to, uh, I would like to walk down and uh, I would like to sit in the row that this person is in. And I want to just say, as, I, I was, no, actually, no, I, I, I told that. From the back of theater, I go... I say, um, <laughs> I was like, I say, spoiler alert, Daffy gets shot again. I say that loud. And you see the head pipe up and it looks back at you and looks for a second. Then it keeps watching its cartoon. Okay. I'd like to go over and, and sit in the same row as this guy, uh, maybe two seats away. I don't want to sit right next to him, but I want to sit. Uh, uh, and I say, uh, I say, uh, Oliver, sit in the back row. Make sure this guy doesn't leave. Uh, and you come with me. They both nod. I don't know what we're dealing with yet. I come over and I just casually sit a couple seats away and I say, I, I look, I look up and I'm, I'm watching the cartoon and I say, uh, God, this is one of my favorite ones. I was like, have you ever seen what's opera doc? What's opera doc is probably my favorite though of all time. He smiles and nods, says, mm, I haven't seen it. And he keeps watching. You haven't seen, it's quite like, go, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. You haven't seen that one? He kind of looks embarrassed and he shakes his head and says, I, I don't remember seeing that, no. Wow. Wow, they must not give you good stuff up here. Is this the first time you've seen uh, Looney Tunes? He um, thinks for a second and says, yeah, yeah, I, I think so, yeah. It's good, it's funny. <laughs> it's real funny. I'm Leonard, by the way. Hi, Leonard. I'm I'm Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Nice to, to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, um, you know, l l can I ask you something? Uh, uh, yeah. People people have been saying a lot of things about you, and I just want to make sure that I, I have the story straight. I was like, are you uh, are you being held here against your will up here? Are you are you like a captive of this place, or is this just where you live? A uh, captive? Oh, uh, no, yeah. no, that's funny. No, no, I, I, just, I just like the movies, you know? Okay, I'm sure. just passing a little time watching movies. You like stories? Can I tell you a quick story? Sure. Well, I was already watching a story. Well, this one's better than that one. I guarantee you that. That's a bold claim. This one's pretty good up here. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This Still is one of my Still can't wait to find out if it's right rabbit like season said, or duck season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I bet you, you know what I bet it turns out? I bet you it turns out that it's Elmer's season. Oh. What do you think? Yeah. That would be a twist. The most dangerous game. Of all. Himself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what there, uh, Aaron. I've had a really bad night. I've had a really, really bad night. I uh, oh, I'm sorry you know, to I hear that. Well, I have I have a condition. I have something called anterograde amnesia. Have you heard of that before? He thinks and he, he says, "No, I, I I don't think I have." It basically means that I can't form new memories. There was a trauma that I received. I don't even know how many. I, I have no concept of time anymore, so I don't even know how long ago it was. But the last thing that I remember was seeing my wife being murdered. 
and the people who murdered her hit me in the head when they did it. And that's how I got this interrograde amnesia. It basically means that oh, no. I can't form new memories. So what may happen while I'm talking to you or if I get distracted is I may forget that we even had this conversation. The only thing that matters to me, Aaron, is finding the man who killed my wife. And I'm close, Aaron. I'm really close. And I got to tell you the truth. I don't even know why I'm here. I have no idea why I'm here. I think I broke in here, though, to find out if you could help me find the man who killed my wife. I know that, uh, you know, one of your security guys back there, Bistoso, agreed to help me out. But, you know, he works for you ultimately. And I got to tell you the truth, pal. I did some damage downstairs when I came in, and I don't even know what I did or how I did it. But I did some damage to your place downstairs. I'm real embarrassed about it. But I'm hoping that you can help me. Can you please help me find the man who killed my wife? It's the only thing I live for these days. I'll tell you there, Aaron, old boy, uh, I haven't eaten in a few days either. I'm looking pretty, pretty ragged and pretty thin. And I'm on my last, I'm on my last, last leg here. If suddenly it turns out that uh, I don't remember what the hell we were just talking about, I might need you to remind me of all this stuff, just so you know. And that's my story. Okay, well, I hope you find that guy. I don't know how to help, though. I'm just a kid. I want to watch my cartoons now. How old is this person that I never even asked about? He looks mid-30s. Oh, shit. This is not good. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, who takes care of you? Uh, Who takes care of you, Aaron? Well, my... Who feeds you, makes sure you go to bed and all that stuff? Who, Who does all that for you? My mom and dad. Oh. Where are they? Without even looking at you, he just points back out the red door. He's still watching his cartoons. Aaron, how did you get into this movie house? Do you remember? Just through the door. Uh huh. And where were you before you were in the movie house? He looks down. Uh huh. He's trying to think. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. We had breakfast. We were gonna go to the beach. They must have had some work to do and sent me to watch cartoons while I waited. Well, buddy, um, it's been really great talking to you. I think that uh, you and I have more in common than uh, than either of us would like to admit. Hey, Aaron, do you keep anything in your... You got anything in your pockets? You got any notes or anything like that? You write yourself notes? Do you... Uh, write myself notes? Yeah. Why don't you check your pockets, see if there's any notes in there or anything like that? He reaches into his pocket and he checks and he pulls out a couple notes. Hmm. And What do they say, Aaron? It's hard to read. It's dark in here. He kind of holds them facing the screen and says, this one says, don't come downstairs back in five. Uh-huh. And this one, well, this one says the same thing. Huh. All right. Uh, Aaron, listen, uh, you know, enjoy this one. Uh, it's really, really great. And, you know, if you can, if you, I want you to do me a favor. I take a pen and I can, can I write something on the back of that note? Sure. Remember this, okay? I say, and I write it on the back. I put, Leonard Shelby is your friend. And I put, be sure to watch What's Opera Doc. And I hand it back to him. And then I walk over and I go, I I signal for the guys to come with me and I go to the back of the theater, okay? I say, he's a kid. I said, he's a kid and he's got the same condition that I do. And uh, Oliver, I know you don't know this about me, but I think, I know you just heard me tell that kid about myself and it's the truth. 
everything that I told that kid was the truth. I may not remember this conversation. I'm gonna, I may need you to remind me of it, okay? But I think we need to prepare for whoever's going to come up in that elevator and we need to talk to them because they are not going to be pleased with us. So let's go out there and wait for them. I don't understand. So the kid's got amnesia? It's the same thing that I have. I guarantee that's what the, He's not a kid. He's He just lost his memory when he was a young man. You're Mr. Big, your man upstairs... I think that they keep him up here, and I think it's all an illusion. Whoever keeps this man up here who has the mind of a child, he, they, it's just a smokescreen. He's not actually in charge. I, I guarantee you he probably inherited the money, and uh, he's just he's literally just signs papers for them, and that's why they well, keep that him. poor guy. That's so mean of them. So I got to tell you, um, I know that um, he the kid had, a, had the note in his pocket that you saw. I think we're about to get some visitors, so uh, I think we should go in the next room and just let's get ready because I, I'm going to try and talk us out of this, but I don't know what's going to happen. So get ready. All right. Morgan nods and Anne grips your shoulder nervously and you guys now leave the theater. Um, all right. So before I go back and yeah. um, I take my piece of paper out of my pocket and I write down, I write down uh, Aaron Woodward has the same condition you do. I put on the back of my piece of paper that has the other info on there. I put Aaron Woodward, uh, and in parentheses, I want to put the sleeping heart. Mr. Big has the same condition you do. Yeah. So as you guys walk out of the theater and back into the other room, you see Bestoso still guarding the elevator nook on the opposite side, and you see the light light up. Someone is coming up. Okay. And I say, uh, Bestoso, do you have a gun on you? Bestoso shakes his head. He brandishes his lead pipe that he's been holding this whole time. All right. Uh, Everybody... What can I tell you? Take the most, <laughs> take the most badass positions you possibly. Just actually, you know what, guys? Look casual, like nothing's really going on. Let me handle. And starts whistling. Oh, good. <laughs> what does the room look like again? It's a bed. Yeah. So as as you walk out of the theater. There's a little kitchen area on your left. By that, there's a bed, which is separated off by some curtains. Directly in front of you, there's tall windows with gauzy curtains floating as the one of them is slightly open and is blowing them. To your right, there's like a little entrance area with a radio and some couches. Directly to your right, there's like a little breakfast nookie area with a table and some uh, newspaper funnies spread out on it. And then on the far right, there's a uh, little alcove where the elevator lets out. Cool. And that is cool. where Bestoso is. I would like to lean on the wall of the alcove casually. And I say, Bestoso, just look casual. Look natural. <laughs> so I'm just leading and waiting. Okay. Bestoso is going to roll acting. No good. He starts trying to brush his hair awkwardly. <laughs> and he's like, how do I? Is this... Do I look like a... Bistoso, you... Do I hold two coffee mugs? Uh, no, I think one will pu- pull it off, and you look you look fantastic. You look fantastic. Just follow my lead. And the door's open. Great. And immediately you see a tall, handsome guy in a blue blazer. Mm-hmm. And next to him, a slinky man, half hunched over, looking at you sidelong, and he's already got his piece ready, and he's holding his gun down. And he looks to the 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 handsome guy. And the handsome guy is the handsome it. guy. Is the same the handsome guy the guy that I saw talking on the dais downstairs? Yes, Great. it is the same guy. Great blue blazer okay. man. So I know this is Arthur Kane. Fantastic. Have it I is. ever met the slinky guy before? I mean, you you haven't seen him in this turn at least. In this turn. Great. Okay. Arthur Kane steps out of the elevator and says, uh, "John, you've disappointed me so much. Oliver, I'm not surprised of, but you, John, you broke my heart." 
he sees you now, and he says, I don't believe we've been acquainted. I'm Arthur Kane. And he extends a hand to shake yours. Well, I reach my hand out. I say, Leonard Shelby, uh, Mr. Kane, it's an honor. It's really nice to meet you. And I shake his hand. I said, uh, I think uh, we owe you an explanation. I think you do. Uh, I do. Impressed as I am by your brazenness, this is still trespassing. I do. Uh, Mr. Kane, I... Um uh, Mr. Bistoso is not at fault here. I, I talked my way up here. Basically, here's the bottom line. I uh, have a very rare condition. I say, um, I have something called retrograde amnesia. And I say, and I just take a look at him while I say that. Do you want to give me a detect lies roll? Uh, sure, yes. Uh, no, I don't. I don't care. I'm just, okay. I'm just going to observe. I don't want to give a roll. So yeah, he is, he is keeping a, a stone blank face. Great. Okay. I have a condition called retrograde amnesia. I think that actually, uh, if I'm not very much mistaken, you know exactly what that is. Um, I can't form new memories. You might have to explain in a few minutes whether and uh, how we met and what I'm doing here, because I could lose focus at any moment, as I'm sure you're very much aware. The last memory that I have before I die, uh, before I lo- uh, last memory that I can form <laughs> before I, uh, my condition asserted itself is I watched my wife die. And I am searching for my wife's killer. Um, I believe I know his name. And I asked these people to help me. I was able to talk Mr. Bistoso here into helping me come up here to meet. Oh, Leonard. Leonard, Leonard. What a beautiful story. And you know, I I wish, I, I wish that I had any way of knowing if you're telling the truth. You're an impressive man, Leonard. You would make a powerful tool. But yours is an easy condition to fake. Wow. And Um, the things you've learned cannot leave with you. Mr. Mord, one of the men in this room is already dead. And the slinky man with the mm -hmm. short blonde hair draws his gun and shoots at Oliver Morgan. Oh, oh shit. Uh, And that is a success. Oliver gets a dodge. And that's a failure. Oh, no. Oliver goes down and Anne screams... Actually, she's doing okay, but she's not happy. Bistoso screams, <laughs> and the blonde guy looks to Kane as to what to do next. Great. Uh, I, I got to rush him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush this guy. I'm going to use brawling, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and rush the guy with a gun. Uh, I, don't have, I, I, I have combat reflexes, so I don't freeze. So after he shoots, yeah. as soon as he shoots, I'm going right for him. Okay. Can You're I go in for, for Mr. Mord? Mr. Mord, for sure. I uh, got brawling by... Uh, That's a success? Success by four. Yeah, that's a big success, and um, uh, Mord actually fails his IQ check to avoid surprise, so he does not get a dodge. Great. You bum-rush him. Great. And, and um, as, as I go, I go, I, I yell, Bastoso, help me! Bastoso goes to move, but then Arthur Kane speaks up and he says, um, John, I've given you a reprieve for your earlier indiscretion. Now don't make it worse. And he starts playing his sway on, on Bastoso who totally fails to resist oh, and no. uh, is frozen in place. You've, you've tackled Elias Mord to the ground. Great. And he's pinned on his back and his gun is pinned to his side. So he's going to have trouble uh, shooting you, but he just uses his left hand to try and grab you by the throat. Okay. And he goes to grab you by the throat and that is a success. Okay, I'm going to try and dodge. And give me a uh, focus roll for this turn of combat as well. Right, okay. I got it. That's the that was the focus check. All right, yep, now give yep, me the yep. dodge. Okay, uh, dodge is going to be uh, what are we doing here? Basic speed plus three plus four. It's what is basic it? speed plus three, and I gotta I gotta say you're at you're at half move and dodge actually. Oh, so. for fuck's sake! <sighs> okay, okay. Uh, all right, I'm gonna just try and dodge. 
Got a seven. Uh, that would be... Actually, that might be... No, that's not good enough. That's not a bad roll, but that is not good enough, and he has you by the throat. Okay. I want to try and get his... Oh, God. This is just going not going well. Can I... Yeah, can I talk? Can I can I talk through my but while I'm being choked? I just want to say I was like, "What are you gonna do? You're gonna kill me too." Uh, I'm looking at Kane when I say this. I'd like to. I'd like. I, I was like, "Can we just talk?" I say to him as this guy's choking me, and I put my hands up. I want to roll a uh, diplomacy. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. Okay. I got a. I got eleven. I got it on the dot. Diplomacy on the dot. Yeah. So uh, Arthur Kane uh, gives. Mord a signal and Mord lets go of your throat. Great. And then kind of like holds his gun to the side to let you get up off of him. Great. Because you're on top of him. Great. I stand up. I put my hands up. I was like, you know, I don't know who that man really was, but I really wish you hadn't have done that because he seemed like a nice guy to me. Oliver Morgan was a lot of things, but nice was not one of them. In fact, he was paid handsomely to be not very nice at all. I liked him. Unfortunately, I could no longer trust him. Well, Mr. Kane... I said, uh, I, I know you have no reason to trust me. I was like, well, what What can I do? I was like, maybe you should go and, you know, talk to your, is he your nephew? Who is Aaron to you? I mean, it, I have to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm throwing myself on the mercy of the court here. You seem like a powerful man. The only thing that I want, my only purpose in life is to find the, the woman, uh, the, to find the man who killed my wife. I was like, and I'd certainly like to leave here alive with my girlfriend but and this is my girlfriend Anne, by the way and also uh you know <laughs> the nature of my condition mr kane i'm not gonna remember any of this sooner or later it's all gonna go out the window i haven't written down any of the stuff that has to do with you so uh, it'll be fine you would I, certainly I like, be of great use to me getting up here the way you did very impressive i think you've earned a bit of rope all right we're gonna put this to the test I want you to sit down on that couch and take a little nap, and we'll talk after. <laughs> <sighs> Bestoso, how crazy am I on a violence level of 1 to 10? Scary crazy? Yeah. If you give me your solemn word, Mr. Kane, that you will help me in my goals, because I'll tell you the truth there, uh... Once I go to sleep, I will not remember you or anything that's going on here, and you will be able to do with me as you will. But if you make me your your word, you give me your word as a man that you're going to help me find the killer of my wife. Bistoso is going to help me. We know that we know his name. Uh, Bistoso, who'd you say he works for? He's a street level tough for the Fox. It's Jimmy Grant. I met the guy. Arthur Kane looks at Bistoso and says, "Is the man disposable?" And Bistoso says, "Yeah, he's just a." Street dealer, you know. Okay, well then you have my word. Jimmy Grants is as good as dead. I, I don't want him to just be dead. I have to be the one that does it, Mr. Kane. You know, I will write on my piece of paper, Arthur Kane is going to help you find uh, Jimmy Grant. And that will... I want you to turn out your pockets and show me any note you intend to stay in there. All right. I, I show him the note that I have. The, the one in my pocket that says the things about uh, his, you know, that says the things about the kid. He throws out the note that you've been working on. He also grabs Martin Lender's wallet that you had, and he says, let's return this. Okay. And he turns to you and he says, write what you're going to write. Okay. Anything I don't like doesn't go in your pocket. All right. There's also one more thing I think you should know, Mr. Kane. Is that guy still got his gun out? Where did he Lord's put it? gun is, uh, he put it back in his, in his, he has a little holster inside his jacket, and it appears to have gone in there. Great. I want to like casually, I guess this would be acting. I want to casually. Mort, so Mort has, while you guys are talking, Mort has gone over to take a look at Oliver Morgan. 
So he's on. The, he's oh good. He's not good. in the immediate radius. Good. Of but right I, now. Then, okay. Then, then then nothing. No big deal. I approach Arthur Kane and I say, um, I, I pull. I hold my hand out to him and I go to shake his hand. I said, I think you and I have an agreement, Mister Kane. But I have one more thing to tell you. And I go and I go to hold to take his hand. I just want to be close to Kane. Okay. I say, listen, I uh, I do know one thing. When I woke up, uh, I had I had killed a man downstairs. Uh, uh, Bistoso tried to stop me, but I don't know. Bistoso can fill you in more on what happened because I really don't know. But that man that I killed downstairs was Kevin Kane. At this news, Arthur Kane is somewhat taken aback. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you told me. That's something we'll deal with later. What does that mean, sir? <laughs> it means I am capable of putting revenge aside. I have more important aims to consider. Come now, Leonard. If I was going to kill you right here, I would. Anyway, if you're telling the truth, you're not the same man who killed Kevin. And if you're lying to me, I'm going to kill you either way. Okay. I, I want to I look real hard at him, and I want to detect lies. So I'm going to try to detect okay. lies. Give me detect lies. Okay. I rolled a seven. Okay. He's going to roll a resistance, or uh, I guess an acting roll. Yep. Give me a focus check on that one, too. Got it. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> You, for success by five, he wants to take vengeance on you, mm-hmm. but if you're telling the truth, you are so useful to him that that is more important to him than vengeance. All right. Great. Then I, okay, I say, I say, I look him right in the eye, I take his hand, I look him right in the eye and I say, um, I say, Mr. Kane, I, I think we have an agreement. I'm going to put myself in your hands and I take a pen uh, and I take a piece of paper and I write down on my pen and piece of paper, I say, um, Arthur Kane is going to help you find... What's his name again? Sorry, I keep doing this. Jimmy Grants. Jamie, see, I'm, I have the same condition that my character does. <laughs> um, Arthur Kane is going to help you find Jamie Grant, who killed your wife. He seems like a straight shooter. And I show him the note. At this, okay. Anne pipes up and says, uh, Leonard, you got any room on that note for me? <laughs> of course I do, Anne. Absolutely. I say, and what's Anne's last name? I say, I look at it, I go, Anne, I don't know your last name. Uh, it's Summer. I say, I write that underneath it, I say, and Anne Summer, Anne Summer is your girlfriend. You can trust her. I write. And I fold the note up. I give Anne a kiss. And I put the I put the note in my pocket. And I look at Arthur. I say, Arthur, if you don't mind, uh, I'm a little, I don't really want to sleep on the couch. It's like, you mind if I go watch cartoons with Aaron? We were getting along pretty well, and if it's a good one, believe me, I'll lose focus eventually. So if you don't mind, if if if, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to just go watch cartoons with Aaron. Be my guest. There's no better way of wiping the slate clean. I go in there. <laughs> I go. I give. Uh, I I actually. Uh, I I give little. I go over to Bastoso. I give him a half hug, and uh, I I uh, I come back. I hold the back of his head, sort of like Godfather style, and I I look at him. I mm-hmm. say. I say, uh, I'm not going to remember you, but I want you to know I consider you to be my good friend. I said, thank you for everything that you've done. And I walk in the next room. Oh, so I had, he seems almost teary at that. Yeah. I walk away. I go into the, into the theater room and I, I, I walk down to the aisle and I say, Aaron. I was like, do you remember me? He just looks at you blankly. Oh. Hey, Aaron, um, I'm, a friend of, uh, I'm a friend of Arthur's. You mind if I hang out here and watch some cartoons with you? He just looks down at the seat next to him and he keeps watching. I sit down next to him and I start watching cartoons. Uh, now, you can try and keep focus, but if you are going to keep your word, we'll just leave it at that. What, what are you going to do? I'm not going to try and keep my focus. I'm going to focus on okay. the uh, to completely on cartoons. Tunes. Yep. 
And that is that is it for your turn. And uh, we will see where uh, where it gets left off. I mean, half move and dodge, no weapon. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not here to to yeah. take out an Illuminati. You know what I mean? Like that was that's the character. The character is hyper focused yeah. on one thing and one thing only. So oh, I love it. I love he, it. If he suddenly has the power of the Illuminati behind him, things could change real fast because it seems like this guy's a powerful dude. And he doesn't seem like he's a terrible guy. He doesn't seem like he's a nice guy. <laughs> I, I think I think it's it's really interesting. And, and uh, it's going to be real. Uh, it's going to be real fun for for I, I have no idea where we go from here. So we'll see. All right. And uh, thank you so much. This was amazing. Yeah, man. Thanks. This was, was awesome. Fun. This was a good turn. I really enjoy it. I like that. I, I, I really enjoy it. Has anybody else passed it without losing all of their. Um... Yeah. One other one other person just went to sleep at the end of the night because they they played for a long turn and Leonard really needed sleep so they were kind to the next person oh. but other than that you're the only one who has uh, relinquished control voluntarily oh, there it is okay all right uh, thank you so much thanks buddy all right James D'Amato is an improviser and podcaster. He is one of the creators of the One Shot Podcast Network, where he is the host of One Shot, as well as Critical Success and The Overshare. He's also a regular on their podcast, Campaign. And I am actually the, now the host of Campaign. Oh, you're too, the host well. of Campaign. I'm sorry, yes. I'm behind the times. <laughs> and he's the author of several popular RPG guides. This is his first time on the reroll. Welcome, James. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much for having I'm me. I'm so excited to have you on. We, uh, we've we never met in person, but you met Tim Nolan, who is my assistant of story creation and VP of world building and an occasional guest on the show. <laughs> and uh, he had a wonderful time uh, meeting you and, and, and made the connection. And I'm so glad to finally get you uh, on an episode. Yeah, I, I am thrilled to be here. Uh, people always speak very highly of film re-roll in my circles. And oh, that's nice to hear. I, I had so much fun hanging out at Metatopia. I was sad that I didn't get to hang out with y'all when I was in New York. But this is just as good. Just as good. Better even. <laughs> so, and you have you seen the, the movie Memento? This is kind of what I'm asking uh, everyone. Is. I like half watched it probably more than 15 years ago so sure. we're not don't expect a lot of good refs i think that that's one. perfect for this considering for one we've gone so far off the rails that it's a completely different story at this point and for another <laughs> if there's any uh movie to not know what's going on it's this one yeah i guess that's true and uh yeah so i'm gonna drop you in leonard is in peril you come to and there is water rushing all around you at high speed. You can barely keep your head above, sputtering and choking as water rushes loudly by. Your right hand is just barely gripped onto a brick wall, and your left seems to be holding someone's arm. As you look back, you see a figure in the water behind you, hanging on to you for dear life. From... Above, some dim light is seeping in enough to see you're in a tall and cavernous sewer. On this end, the flow speeds up as it's forced into smaller tunnels, and you're right at the mouth of one of those, and it's pitch black and dangerously fast. Ahead of you, on the brick wall, there's a ladder just about three feet away from where you're hanging on. Okay, and so basically, if I let go of this wall, we're both going to go down that tunnel. Right? Oh, yeah, and she's behind you, so she's halfway in. Okay. The water's yanking her hard, and you don't think you're strong enough to just pull her back. You're going to need to climb up my butt. Also, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Leonard. <laughs> 
Yeah, Leonard Shelby. We don't yeah. have time for this, Leonard. I know who you are. Okay. Okay. You know, I I promised myself I'd get out after my wife died. My wife died. I don't know if you if I told you that. Uh, my wife died. I got this tattoo on my wrist that says explain to the person you're with that your wife died uh, because <laughs> therapy for this is going to be kind of ongoing for me. So I just I want to reinforce those good behaviors. This seems like a high stress situation. Maybe try deep breathing. <coughs> no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. For someone with post-traumatic stress like myself, I'm going to have to recommend in the future that you don't take me places like this. Uh, that's just not going to go great for either of us. I'm going to need you to climb my body. Well, I hold on to this wall unless you think you could hold on to the wall and then I could climb your body. Uh, she starts to she starts to climb you. Oh, great. Great. You made a decision. And there. She, That's uh, good. she successfully pulls herself up bodily up your arm, up your shoulders. And now she's just gripped onto your back and held tight. And uh, and she kind of she's her face is right in your ear. And she says, uh, uh, hi, Leonard. Yes, I I know who you are, but thank you for the introduction. That was sweet. Are you a therapist? Are you my therapist? I can be whatever you need, Leonard. But we got we got to get we got to get to safety, and then we'll, well chat I hope for a one bit. of those things is a licensed therapist because I should not be here right now. I tell you that. And she okay. fails to grab the ladder. She extends her arm, but it's just out of her reach. And then she starts to slip off you and get scared. And she gets both hands back around you, and she's hanging at your neck. She says, I, I can't quite reach it. What should we do? I'm going to need you to coach me through this uh, because if I get into another panic attack situation, uh, I'm not going to be able to hold on as well. So I just need you to provide me emotional support. Oh, I, I'm not very good at the kind of like I didn't come from a very supportive environment, uh, but I could. Uh, and she starts to panic and, and she kisses you. OK, wow. <laughs> All right. So no, too f too fast. You might be new to licensed therapy, but that's a big no no in terms of therapy. That's like crossing a huge boundary. So I'm going to assume that you're not a licensed therapist at this point, and you're oh. instead a stranger. I'm getting stranger vibes from you. No, I'm not a stranger. She says indignantly, "I'm your girlfriend." That seems like a very rash decision. Well, fools rush in. Wait. On my other wrist, there's this tattoo that says, uh, you've got a, a anterograde amnesia. So, no. Is it anterograde amnesia? <laughs> yeah, 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 the one a, where you can't form yeah. new memories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that means that I jumped into a relationship with you and like one of the in-betweens it's like that Adam Sandler movie that I saw right before all this happened. And I thought that was actually, in retrospect, they set it up like it's a sweet love story. But it's kind of weirdly manipulative in its own way and, and a little bit horrific. My yeah. arms are really getting tired. Oh, gosh. She's like, yeah, I agree. The end of 51st States is crazy. Like, she wakes it's up. like what wild. She wakes up some days and she was, like, she has kids at the end. She was pregnant throughout She was this. pregnant. That's what I'm thinking. I guess we do get along pretty good. I'm still a little weirded out by the whole thing. 
Here, I'm going to try and climb us out of the... This is a sewer, right? I think it's a sewer. I haven't had a chance to get my bearings. I'm guessing that if we don't make a move soon, the GM is going to make you roll strength, so you better make a decision on how to get oh, out yeah, of this. Oh, yeah, that would be not great. Oh, do I have a meta-awareness? Can I <laughs> have a meta... This one's got a meta-awareness. Okay, so I've got here on my sheet... Uh, it looks like I'm pretty good at climbing, so I'm going to make a climbing check. Okay, so this is going to be a tough roll. It's a minus one for the water pulling you away, and a minus two for her hanging on to you, mm -hmm. and a minus three for the fact that you have a severely fucked up finger on your left hand. So, if you're going to try to climb straight for the ladder, that's a climbing minus six. Mm -hmm. You have other options. You can try to climb along the wall, you can try to swim, or just surrender to the tunnel, mm -hmm. but up the ladder's seems like the only way to safety nearby yeah all right uh i i, I think at, at this point uh the best thing for leonard is going to be to he's gotta like use his arms and legs and and basically jump for it because if if she can't reach it at, at full extension uh then you know, they're either getting this or they're not getting this. And it might be better to just move on to the next stage of this sewer if we can't get this ladder now. So, sure. I'll let you take that as a jumping minus two, followed by a dex minus three to catch the ladder with her on your back. Yep. Which is two slightly easier rolls, but you got to make both of them. Mm, that That's not going to be in my climbing skill, huh? Uh, yeah, no, I think climbing will work. Uh, it'll be, so it'll be a jumping minus two and then you'll have a climbing just minus three for your finger. So those are essentially both 50 50s. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, give me a jumping roll. Okay, I got a 10 on that. Okay. So that's good enough on your jumping. So I got a eight on my dice. My climbing that's, skill is that's definitely, definitely good enough. You very nimbly size it up set your feet against the side of the circular tunnel and then leap and lunge. And you didn't warn her, so she lets out a little shriek, but you have her grabbed on. Well, you put one hand on your on your chest to grab onto her hand to make sure she doesn't slip off and like backwards dolphin dive and, and grab the ladder behind your head. And now you're grabbing on and you feel the water suck, but you got a good hold on it and you're able to pull yourself up. And she's on. Wow! Your, did you see that? Do I do CrossFit? That was so rad. I gotta do CrossFit. That was amazing, Leonard. That's huge. Do we do CrossFit together? I don't know what that is, but I'll do it. I, it's 2001. Does CrossFit exist yet? I don't know what CrossFit is. Oh, it's 2001. I don't think that 51st Dates movie is out yet either. It was a what prophecy. Month? 2001. I thought two. Okay, I'm looking this up because I think yeah. 51st Dates might have been around the same time. When did that yeah. come out? We got it. We gotta know this chronology. It's gonna be. Hugely important. It, it changes uh, everything. I mean, to, for, from a certain meta perspective, I do think that it like seriously affects their relationship if they've seen that movie. Fifty uh, First Dates came out in uh, two thousand four, so it's not out for three years. So no, they haven't seen it. So it's wow. that cautionary tale has not been told. Okay, okay. So my only reference point for Antrograde Amnesia would probably be like some soap opera or something. Again, we're losing a lot of refs, a lot of reference points on this one. That's okay. That's okay. We'll pull through. Uh, and you have the ladder, and you're able to climb up, and she she kind of climbs up your body to so that she's not weighing you down, and, and you two are soaking wet, and she's above you, and now you can see that she's in a soggy sundress, which is dripping down onto your face, and uh, 
Golly. She starts to climb ahead. Ah, Boy. gee whiz, huh? Mondays, huh? Is it a Monday? I think it might be. Or, or is it Tuesday? It's It's been a week. I kind of, when I woke up and I was in very cold, rushing, reeking water, I was like, it feels a bit like a Monday. Huh? Uh, what, what does that feel like when you come to suddenly? Is it like waking uh, up or is it like... Gosh, uh, you know, when if, if you've ever been driving when I was a younger man, if you were ever driving, I actually don't know how much I've aged. Uh, what a terrifying thought that is. I'm glad I learned what anterograde amnesia was before all of this, huh? What a useful bit of life skill there. Uh, it's sort of like when you're driving and you're tired and like you feel yourself maybe going to fall asleep, but you yeah, you wake yourself back up there. Really not a safe way to drive. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a caffeine rush, kind of like a sudden jolt of blood to the head. Yeah, th- and that so that that's what that's like. It's like I was proceeding along and then bam, where am I? Oh, gosh, my wife just died. I should be in therapy. I should go to therapy. What's this on my wrist? Ah, I've got amnesia, and I should seek therapy and sort of continue that therapy. You know, Great reminder. Leonard, I promise you that that when we get out of this, I'll take you to a real licensed therapist, and, and, they'll, and they'll sort you out. That's great. And one thing they'll that make it you'll better. know, that you'll feel confident in, is that person will not try to kiss me. That is not behavior that you should expect from your licensed therapist. How long have we been dating? Um, several weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get ourselves out of this sewer. How about that? I like that plan. So as you guys climb the ladder, you can now look over your shoulder and see that you're in a tall cylindrical cistern with water pouring in from various openings in the top and then flowing out into small tunnels at the bottom. There's a tall structure in the middle that you're not sure what it is from here. Uh, The ladder is about 40 feet to the ceiling and about halfway up, there's a small access tunnel off the side where you see some dim illumination in the distance. But she continues past it to the top where she tries to push up on the entrance above her, but she can't get it open. Leonard, I, I can't get it open. It's stuck. All right. Now we have another option to consider. Uh, we could, you know, keep trying to push on that. That's probably going to take a lot of strength. And I can tell you, uh, for me, from my perspective, where I'm sitting, an extra heavy load is is going to be around 200 pounds. So that's not going to go great. Manhole covers are actually very heavy. Uh, but I see down this uh, this hallway here, there's a bit of dim illumination. Now, I can't tell. I can't tell exactly what it is. But we could head towards the dim illumination and uh, might find an emergency phone or something. Okay, let's head down towards the dim illumination. And she climbs, she, she steps through and, and climbs into the narrow passage that you had seen. And you two are now side by side and, and having your feet on solid ground you feel how heavy your body feels you've taken some poundings in this day and and there's a there's a shooting pain in your right shoulder and she looks cold and shivery and yeah just keep heading down towards that dim illumination uh how did we come to be in a sewer um well so we were in a building to meet a fisherman Uh and then you burned the building down oh wait what and we fell i did what well, the building burned down. Uh, whose fault it is, I'm not sure. Okay, but, you but bu- did you I, it down. I? I'm getting the sense that I was a sort of active participant in the burning of the building. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. 
another one is you burned the building down. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, this sounds to me like the kind of behavior that is actually very not ideal for someone who's going through therapy for a very traumatic event, shouldn't be in abandoned buildings, definitely shouldn't be committing acts of arson. I think that goes for everyone. Yeah, good. I'm, you know, I'm very relieved to hear you think that because... I'm just kind of getting to know you, but I would be very concerned if I was with someone who reacted very blasé about me committing arson. Look, so. I, as long as you're seeking therapy, I, I believe that it's part of your journey. Okay, sure. I've also noticed the shooting pain in my shoulder. Uh, do you have any uh, indication on what that might be related to? Uh, shooting pain would be an accurate term for it, considering you got shot. This is a, I've been shot? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. I gotta get to a sanitary place, clean oh, this wound off. I cleaned it this up. This is gonna get infected. No, no, it's 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 stitched. I don't know if you have any medical uh, experience or, or whatnot, but a really important thing about most bullet wounds is even if you stitch it up, you do gotta keep it disinfected and uh, swimming in sewage is discouraged i think yeah yeah i think that's one of the things the doctors tell you when you oh, go oh gosh oh gosh i was just mansplaining you wasn't i yeah it's okay it's oh, okay leonard you, you don't... no no it's not okay it's part of the patriarchy which is a toxic system that it, it plagues us day in and day out and here i am explaining to you that you shouldn't get sewage in a in an even stitched up bullet wound I mean that's common sense. Everybody knows that. Look, you saved my that life. Was rude of so me. you get you get one of those. Well, it Even does trade. sound like I contributed to some of the dangerous circumstances that uh, put us in a precarious position vis-a-vis -vis life and death in the first place. Oh, most definitely, but I like it. Okay. So at this point, you guys arrive at a crossroads in the tunnel. Above you, there's an opening which, as you look up, you can see a grate about 20 feet above you with outside light shining in, which was the source of the dim illumination. Now, does this look like a service grate where, where I might be able to find a ladder up or is this? There's no ladder, but it's narrow enough that you could kind of shimmy up, but it's going to be a difficult shimmy. And you're not sure about her climbing. She's been walking with a bit of a limp. Uh, alternatively, you can roll perception on the branching tunnels here. So it, it's the intersection of an older looking brick tunnel, which you've been walking down with a larger and newer looking cement tunnel, which crosses it here. Wow. We're at uh, two paths diverge in a wood, huh? I don't. Uh, is that a poem by Robert Frost? I don't know that poem. I mean, well, you did just nail it in one. You did just really? get it. That was just there. a wild guess. Just crazy. I don't I don't know. Robert don't know Frost poetry. was really your first guess on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either that or um William Shakespeare. You thought that might be a Willie Shakes? Not William Shakespeare? I mean Billy Shakes, Willie Shakes, you know. Gael Garcia I was Lorca. an English major. I don't think that's been established about my character, so I've just done it. I was an Canada English now. major for my undergrad, so here I am mansplaining you again. Golly gee. Anyway, we're faced with a decision here. Yeah. I might be able to shimmy my way up there. Oh. Now, it seems it looks that high. you're a bit injured. Yeah, I'd have to go get help okay. for you. Well, I'll follow you wherever. Now, is that safe? Not so far. No, not at all. How old are you? 24. 24. Okay. 
you know, you're approaching a juncture in your life where you got to really take stock of the situations uh, that the people that you feel passionate about get you into. Uh, if I'm committing arson, meeting fishermen in abandoned buildings, getting your ankle twisted and swimming in the sewer, then maybe uh, the relationship that I'm providing for you is not a great deal of stability. And believe me, safety and stability are things we think we don't want, uh, but they are actually really great things to hold on to. Uh, that adrenaline wears off very quick, and there are safer ways to get at it. Trust me, you're a lot better than my last boyfriend. Tell me about him. I'd rather not. Okay, uh, well, let's let's actually, we got to go deeper into the sewer. I don't think I can safely abandon you here so we're just gonna stick through it and try and find another service path out of here okay so you look at the tunnels around you ahead of you the tunnel continues into darkness and you can see that that way is grown over with moss to your left you hear a mechanical hum and there's a cool air like that of air conditioning or, or refrigeration that's coming from that direction. And to your right, it's quiet, but you see some old shoes and some rags and what appears to be some thrown out food that some rats are fighting over, which is a sign that someone must have been here recently. Okay, okay. Gotta look over my skills real quick. Navigation land. Now, does that count? On just on top of land, or is that underland as well? Like sort of swimming within it, like a ground. Fish. Yeah, I would let you roll navigation down here if you want to try and get a sense of where you might be going. So, what are you? What are you trying to navigate to? Um, so, I I think at this, it's probably better not to continue to wander deeper into this sewer. Uh, the, we got to take whatever route out we can. Uh, oh, so give me a navigation roll. Uh, and also, uh, I forgot to get your focus check on your previous uh, climbing roll. So give me, okay. give me the focus check. Um, focus check is seven. Seven, so you're good there. Mm -hmm. And give me the navigation roll. Okay. Boy, howdy. Uh, th that's going to be 15. Ooh, big fail. Okay, so for a failure navigation, you go the straight ahead route towards the tunnel grown over with moss. You sniff the air and you think, ah, Smells sweeter this way. Surely that means safety. And <laughs> then suddenly it's 10 minutes later. You've passed a bunch of crossroads, completely lost track of which way you went. It is dark. You're stumbling around and you are deep lost. Uh, I'm going to make you take a focus check minus three for time passed. Ooh. Anytime there's waiting. Oh, no. That's 14. 14. I'm okay. out of here. That's, so, that's your first focus check failure. You, okay. You, you have two more failures uh, before it's the end of your turn. But so you wandered lost through the twisting, turning corridors of the mossy area. It was very heavily overgrown at a certain point, but for your failed navigation, you didn't find anything in there of interest. It was often pitch black, and you guys wandered through several intersections blindly. Now you've been wandering for a while and completely lost your bearings, but eventually you reach an area that is not overgrown, which you see as a sign of progress, and there's some lighting here. The, the narrow tunnel you were in gives out to a big wide access tunnel with steel piping running along the walls. Uh, give me a perception check here. Oh, I nailed that. That is a four. Four. Ooh, uh, four is a crit success. Heck yeah. You hear 
the sound of, of jazz in the distance. And for your crit success, you can actually precisely pinpoint which way it's coming from and easily follow the sound uh, of the jazz. Uh-oh. What is it? Uh-oh. That's my boy. That's the Duke. The, the, the Duke? Duke Ellington, baby. Now tell me, you know Duke Ellington. Oh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know jazz. Is he like Charlie Bird? Wow, that is another very specific reference for you to pull out. Just and that was your first instinct, huh? Uh, yeah, no, I just guess. I'm just making up crazy names. You know, I feel like maybe what we're running into here is that uh, you have a confidence issue. It's that you do know things very well, but you refuse to give yourself the credit you deserve for it. Wow, uh, she bursts out crying. She's like, "You know me so well, Leonard." You know, it's just having a healthy respect for uh, the psycho- psychological profession and wanting active and open communication in my relationships. You gotta feel those feelings and let yourself cry. Th- thank you. Is this now when the therapist kisses you? Nope, the therapist still, should never kiss you. Oh, uh, okay. Again, really big breach of trust. It's a huge ethical violation. Thanks. If you were to fall in love with a therapist, uh, it's just not great. We gotta follow the sounds of the Duke, though. Okay, F- following following the Duke. Now, it, was he an actual Duke? Did he have like a dukedom? Uh, no, I I don't believe. Though I think uh, you might have been able to get away with calling him your Grace. Hmm. Jazz nicknames are like kind of a time honored tradition. Because uh, I I believe that it says in the Constitution that Americans can't hold titles of nobility. He could lose his yeah, citizenship. Yeah, but uh, the laws on that are pretty lax. Uh, you can, you know, it's it's also sort of like when you adopt U.S. citizenship, you're supposed to renounce citizenship for other nationalities, but they don't actually make you do that. You teach me so much, Leonard. You know, I'm just happy to help you furthering your journey, uh, learning things about this beautiful world, and I can't wait to see what you teach me. But I don't know anything about anything. Gosh, that's a beautiful use of the Mixolydian over the F-sharp 13 chord. See, you seem to know a lot. I know, I know nothing about jazz. I'm just guessing here. <laughs> and you guys arrive at... <laughs> you guys arrive... So you guys had been following the big tunnel down for about 50 feet. And then you find a small alcove that the jazz is pouring out of. And you have to crouch to get in. It seems like some kind of a storage area, but it's empty. And the brickwork in the back has collapsed. And when you poke your head in, you see you're halfway down what appears to be a very old brick chimney. Up, you can see daylight. And it's narrow enough that you could try to shimmy up. And down, you see about an eight-foot drop to a hearth and it's from down there that the jazz is coming now that's strange it's like a little (sighs) chimney wow yeah it it is like a little chimney i just find it odd that the music is coming from below instead of above Mm. well maybe both as above so below isn't that a saying uh i don't know anything about religion you know it is uh (laughs) i mean there is a uh, will hold true in heaven, what you hold true here on earth. So uh, maybe you could get a little bit at that. It's also going to be a 2014 horror film written by uh, Drew Dowdle and Eric Dowdle, uh, John Eric Dowdle, uh, who happened to be my two roommates. And I did help them sort of conceive Ooh. of that. So here's a wild thought. Let me know what you think about this one. We could be. 
in a cursed sewer system that will confront us with horrific events from our past that we have to navigate through in order to find some kind of key that will get us out of this hell-like place. Wow. But we can die here, and that counts for real. That sounds like a very exciting premise for an RPG. I wish the GM was running that. Yeah, uh, certainly it would be one that's more consistent in terms of characterization. So my, we're kind of at a bit of a crossroads here. I can try and shimmy up that tunnel, but we're going to be stuck in the same kind of situation before where I'd have to go and get help and bring it back to you while you sort of chilled out. Or we could walk, we could go down this tunnel here and see where the source of that jazz is, uh, being aware that we could be chased by hooded demons. I like jazz more than hooded demons. On a like, if it was like a like a Mary fuck kill hooded demons jazz, and I don't know, let's say fifty well, first dates. Uh, let's actually put instead of fifty first dates, let's uh, make the third option: sitting and waiting for help to return, because that is very much your. Let's actually do that. That's an interesting exercise. Mary fuck kill demons. Okay. Jazz. Okay. And waiting for help to return. Okay. I'm going to marry Jazz. Okay. I'm That's gonna... interesting. Anything driving that? I don't know. There's just something about how he's switching seamlessly between Phrygian sharp six and pentatonic scales to bring out the inherent mm-hmm. tension in the chords that just sings to me. Yeah. I know nothing about Jazz. Okay. This okay. is going to be controversial. I'm going to fuck demons. You're going to fuck demons, huh? I, th- I just think they'd be good in the sack. You know, I'm not going to stay uh, overnight. Sure. Sure. But- one, so one night stand sort of demons. Oh, absolutely. Dip your toe yeah. in the demon water, splash around there a little bit. And so we're absolutely killing, sitting and waiting for help to return then. Yeah, yeah, I, I could, I would absolutely murder that just straight up. All right, then let's descend deeper into uh, this, this sewer system, being aware that it could be full of demons that will taunt us psychologically with traumas from our past. Uh, me specifically having a very deep seated trauma, uh, that has caused me a very difficult mental break. Well, I just hope the demons are played by Al Pacino because I loved him in that movie. In which movie? The, uh, the, the one with Keanu Reeves where he's the devil's lawyer. Oh, shit. Devil's Advocate. The devil's ad- yeah. I was about to say the devil's attorney. I was like, that can't be right. The devil's attorney. <laughs> that was the original working title for that film. <laughs> they shot the little... whole thing and then they were like, wait, the devil's advocate was just staring us in the face the whole time. That's even an expression. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't think of that earlier. <laughs> Um, All right, so we're going to go into this jazz pit. Okay. <laughs> so descend into the jazz pit. You uh, pull yourself through the little opening and drop down the chimney. Give me a quick dex roll to keep your feet so you don't hurt yourself in the fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is going to be seven. Yeah, you keep your feet. Give me a focus check on that dex check. Oh, that's another 14. Oh, no. So that is your fail number two. So you are now on your final focus check. So your focus checks are at a 10 going forward. You know, I just get the heebie-jeebies a little bit as though uh, our time together is is drawing to a close. I should make her roll dex because she has a twisted ankle. Oh, she she, uh, she crit succeeds and and nimbly... lands on one ankle like a cat. like like one of those three-point anime landings yes, yes it actually it like pops her ankle back into place her foot feels slightly better 
Well, now that's a good piece of luck. Yeah, that, oh, wow. I forgot I was a gymnast. You, you see, you led this whole big life, and I feel like I've only got a tiny sliver of it because I literally can't form new memories about it. What's your favorite fact about yourself? Um, I was once in a cult. You were in a cult. How long were you in a cult? Oh, like two years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're so young, too. Gosh. It, it really grinds my gears, the way they recruit people, like especially young women, you know? Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty terrible. That's one of yeah. the dark tendrils of the patriarchy right there, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's your favorite fact about yourself, huh? Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Before that, just, you know, plain Kansas girl, decided to move to the big city. Not much excitement. Which, which city was the big city? Lo- Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. The one we're in. We're in this Los Angeles, right? Okay, hey, I'm getting some bearings. Yeah, I keep forgetting I have to tell you these things. Uh, but it does mean we're not beneath Paris right now. That's where they keep the sewer demons, at least in as above, so below. Although, I don't know. I mean, we were in that in those tunnels for a while. Who knows how far we went? You think we might have... You feel like there's an outside chance that we went to Paris? Yeah, I mean, we passed through water. Hey. Yes? Here's a fun thing. Remind me of your name. Uh, my name is Anne. Anne. That's a good but name. But you've taken, good, strong you've taken name. to calling me Annie some of the time. Annie. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. I like it. It's your little nickname for me because you couldn't really remember it. Well, I can't really remember it, Annie. Again, that's anterograde amnesia. I can't form new memories. I'm going to hang with it for a while. And frankly, Annie, I'm one of the lucky ones. Because this this could go much deeper than that. It's a, a very sad thing. And, you know, especially because we're doing something based on memento. I don't know why I said that. I guess I got a little bit of that meta awareness still. Uh, if you look at it kind of in a long-term cultural lens, uh, using a disability and uh, uh, trauma to make someone into a kind of anti-hero is a little bit self-serving. And maybe we should all go out and donate to organizations that help treat illnesses like this. That would feel fun. Let's continue following this demon jazz music though. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Hold on. We got just, we, we should take a stock of our surroundings. I'm going to roll perception real quick. Uh, so my perception is 10. 10. So that's a success by one. Uh, yeah. So it's dark in here. There's only two sources of light, a bit of daylight from the chimney behind you and a stream of warm artificial light from an archway on the opposite side of the cellar. Along the walls are big wooden barrels on their side. And the middle of the room is occupied by three large shelves. And as you inspect them closely, you see that they are lined with bottles of wine and you realize that you are in a wine cellar. Well, gosh, I, I hope that we're uh, not at Amontillado, huh? Uh, uh, huh? I don't get that reference. I'm 24 years old. Well, I mean, you're twi- first of all, that is a very grim perception of, of yourself and your age category. I just don't know mid-19th century romantic uh, literature. Also, I feel like it's pretty common to read Poe in, in high school and whatnot. Oh, did you go to high school? Well, I, 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 I dropped out. And she looks down awkwardly. He kind of nods, like also like just sort of taking in this awkward silence, like looking around the room. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, you know, the therapist that I was talking to before, 
all of this, uh, said that the longer you keep things bottled up, uh, the more dangerous it can become to you. Most feelings and whatnot that we encounter, even traumatic feelings, aren't dangerous to us until we decide that they're somehow wrong or somehow shameful, and we brick them up. And when they get bricked up, uh, you know, it, it can be like killing a part of yourself. Not unlike the cask of Amontillado, wherein a man leads uh, one of his frenemies down into his wine cellar, gets him drunk, and bricks him up behind the wall. Yeah, so you're saying that if I hold my feelings back, they will get better with age? That's what you're saying? No, see, that's wine. This is people. That person definitely oh. dies. That's the implication of oh. Cask of Amontillado. Oh, he doesn't like open him up like 10 years later and he's super much better? No, definitely. That's not what happens? I don't think. Poe's main themes for a lot of his stories was revenge or, or you know, obsession and then revenge. And gosh, you know, if you define your life by obsession, it can lead you to some dark places. It sounds like that anyway. Poe guy could use some therapy. You are right. And that is a very good observation. So do you want to check out this jazz or should we get uh, drunk here? Because I am down for either. Let's pick up a bottle. As long as there's wine here, let's pick up a bottle. Yeah. You know, he's going to pick up a wine bottle for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. She she takes two <laughs> wine bottles and sticks them in uh, one pocket each of her uh, of her sundress. And they're, they're sticking out. Hey, your dress angles. has got pockets. Yeah. That's great. Let's go check out this demon jazz, huh? All right. You're you step, you stepping into the other. You're stepping into the next room. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna walk in very confidently. Okay, you barrel forth into the next room and or I bottle forth. <laughs> wink. Yeah, if you if you tried to take a barrel, I would make you roll encumbrance. I I, I have a feeling this would be very heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you barrel through. You bottle through into the next room and you walk into a lavishly decked out underground like speakeasy with several nice tables laid out with red tablecloth. You uh, see a record player on the far side of the room where it is the source of, of the Charlie Bird, of the Duke Ellington, of the Dizzy Gillespie. And in the middle of the room, one of the tables has been turned asunder and there are three men, one tall with black hair and a suit, standing, and one lying on the ground in just the white undershirt of what was once a nice suit, face covered in blood, smattered over his shirt, and a big thug-like character with his arm raised up, about to hit the bleeding man with a lead pipe. Mm -hmm. When all three of them turn and look at you, and there's the awkward moment of, from their perspective, where the fuck did these people come from? Because you just walked out of the wine cellar. Yeah, uh, so like sort of taking stock of this situation, Leonard is going to step in front of Annie um, so that hopefully his seeing him will obscure will obscure her. And just go, gentlemen, good evening or afternoon. I don't know which it is. The The man on the ground says... It's it's about noon, I think. Oh, good. You can still talk. That's great. That's great. Uh, hi, my name is Leonard Shelby. I uh, am kind of in this situation because 
gosh, I wouldn't even be able to tell you how long ago uh, my wife was murdered after a terrible home invasion incident, and it psychologically whoa, 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 whoa. scarred Nobody's me. Nobody's murdering no one here. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the man in the in the suit steps well, forward. Well, gosh, I'm so I'm so glad that you and I agree on that because if I were to witness a murder, it would set me back psychologically. I can't imagine how long. Now, I'll tell you, do I think about the people that killed my wife? Yes, I do. Do I think about it frequently? Yeah. I'd say I do. I'd say those thoughts consume a great deal of my thoughts. And even though I can't form new memories, I tend to focus and dwell on those thoughts a lot. Now, do I want to kill anyone? No. No, that's not me. That's not Leonard. But if I saw something, if I saw something that even resembled the thing that happened to my wife, I might. Who knows? Roll intimidation, which I think is what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's only 11. Let's see. Ah, that's eight oh, out of 11. That, so that's a that's a success. Give me a uh, focus check and I am going to uh, roll uh, will to resist your intimidation for the uh, two uh, opposing people. That's seven. That's seven, You're baby. Still in it. We're still in it. Although, what a situation for someone to wake up into. Um, so, uh, hilariously, the the thug, the big guy, is totally cowed by this. The steel in Guy Pierce's eyes and just soggy Guy <laughs> Pierce dripping all over the rug and giving his trademark uh, hollow-cheeked grimace. <laughs> and the thug kind of takes a step back and drops the uh, crowbar. However, the man in the suit is not at all taken aback by this uh, success by three intimidation. He steps forward and, and says, well, that's really interesting, Mr. Shelby, Mr. Leonard Shelby. But I've got a question for you. What the hell were you doing in the wine cellar? Is that a bottle of wine in your pocket? Or no, are you I'm just, just happy, happy to see, to see me? you? That's it. We're done. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We nailed it. We found it. The perfect joke. I wish I'd been setting that up. I really literally didn't hear it until it had come out of my mouth. Uh, well, forgive me. How rude of myself. I didn't ask you your name. My name. My name is um, Kevin. Kevin, you seemed pretty unsure about that. Do you want another take? Maybe think of a more fun name, or are we going to stick with Kevin? Well, I thought about using a fake name, but I, frankly, I don't think you're walking out of here. So my name is Kevin Kane. Is that satisfying to you? Oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, I'm real sorry to hear that, Kevin. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, it says here on my character sheet that I'm reluctant to murder someone but it doesn't say i won't do it i pull the wine bottle out of my pocket and crack him across the dome all right you uh you lunge forward to strike uh the man in the black suit give me a uh brawling minus two for inter improvised weapon he's gonna roll iq to avoid surprise okay let's see brawling okay Oh, yeah. Uh, that is a nine out of 14. Yeah, that's a big success. 
Uh, he uh, will get a dodge. You need to give me a focus check, please. Uh, yeah, keep it going, baby. I'm at seven. Nice. He, uh, however, succeeds his dodge <sighs> and steps back out of the way of your swung wine bottle. And he uh, decides to return with a swift kick to your side. Ooh. He succeeds. Mm-hmm. Give me a uh, dodge or a parry. I think I will parry. Okay. So you go to parry. That is going to be a nine. That is a success. He kicks to your left and you parry it with your empty hand. You're pretty injured and I, I just double checked, but half move and dodge penalties from your injuries, in fact, do not apply to parry, interestingly. Oh, okay. Gosh. Wait. So the, the penalties affect dodge, but not parry. Yes. That's what a system. I'm learning things. <laughs> About GURPS. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know why that is. Uh, But so you nimbly parry his kick and step backwards into a fighting stance. And meanwhile, he's shouting at his cowed thug. He's going to roll leadership to try to get the guy unintimidated and back under his command. Does he use this guy's name? Uh, uh, Yes, he he shouts at him. um, He he calls him Bestoso. Bestoso? (laughs) Yeah. Now that's the name. Bestoso. Come on, you Lummock. He calls him a lummock like a villain from an old movie. Bestoso, don't you move. You do not want to see what happens if you get involved in this. And Bestoso is still kind of in shock. He did not succeed his leadership to get Bestoso moving. <laughs> and uh, you you also notice that the, the victim on the floor is kind of slowly crawling his way to freedom. <laughs> Good. And uh, oh, they're going to roll perception to see if they've noticed. They, they have not apparently noticed... Uh, and behind you, as she has kind of taken a step backwards into the darkness. So I think I am, I'm going to go and do an all out attack against this guy. I gotta, I gotta finish this quick. If I don't keep the upper hand in this fight, Mestoso is going to get involved. And even if we outnumber these guys, uh, we're in trouble. You're rolling all out attack or same, same attack, wine bottle. You know, I'm going to need a focus check after this, no matter what. So let's see if we can set up uh, my, my protege for some success here. I'm going to go all out attack, targeting the skull, trying to hit that 11. All right. Oh, baby. That's a four. Crit success. Beautiful. Dog. I'm, I'm you in this new die. You, (laughs) smash this wine bottle straight across this guy's face. Just, and you feel the crunch of the bottle and maybe of his skull. And wine splatters across the room. This guy, the, the, the guy in the suit, Kevin Kane, he just goes flying, you know, back, like legs lifted off the ground, slow motion, crashes into there there's like sort of two levels there's like a mini step and he crashes into the steps he's going to roll he stays conscious but he is he's looking very much worse for the wear and he does not immediately start to get up he's just kind of moaning to himself on the ground i slowly and and uh give me a focus check for that attack oh yeah that's right (laughs) um so that is 10 on the dot so you're still good Okay, then I slowly and confidently walk over to him holding the uh, broken bottle in my hand and like I squat down in front of him. Like while I'm doing this, I, I at first 
am I'm, I'm making eye contact with uh, Bestasso mm-hmm. while I while I do it, and I say, the last line in uh, the Casca of Montalado is, "May he rest in peace." And I say this, shoving the shag- uh, the, the shards of glass into this dude's neck. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so first of all, you're gonna have to give me an attack roll because mm-hmm. the, he's still conscious. So you're gonna have to roll to slit his throat and uh, also give me a will roll. You have reluctant killer. So you have to roll will to overcome it for anyone you do not believe to be the killer of your wife. Okay, that is gonna be a, nope, that's a 12. Uh, you're still good. That, that, that will be a success. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you, you say this, this fucking ominous line into the man's head. You just kind of like lean down, you get face to face him, arm on his shoulder, look him straight in the eyes and just push that wine bottle into his throat. And he starts moaning and and gurgling and, and blood starts pouring from his neck. It's a creepy scene. It's creepy as fuck. Oh gosh. Oh gosh! Uh, this is gonna be real bad for my progress. And give me a uh, oh. focus check on that little murder roll. <laughs> um, that that is a six. You're still good. Oh gosh! And and blood sputters from his neck, and his eyes go dark. Oh and- gosh! Yeah, he's not coming back from that. There's no stitch in that. Uh. And you hear a scream from behind you, and it is Anne from the darkness. And the other heads turn oh, to see Anne. Oh, and Annie, you saw that, huh? Annie, don't run into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, as she steps forward, and she's dripping on the carpet, choking up, trying not to cry over what she just yeah. saw. Yeah. Yep. That's a okay, Annie. Okay, Annie, let's think about this. Let's process this. Was what happened optimal? Was it good? I would say no. Probably not. It was. They were going to kill us, and you killed them instead. You saved our lives. You're my hero. Well, yeah, sure, but, you know, it's a thing that we wish we didn't have to do. It's a thing that could haunt us. But if we take time to feel our feelings and... Gosh, it okay. Won't you. I need to get to a therapist you, right now. You won't now. remember it at all. That's what's amazing about it. You're not going to be haunted. Oh. Yeah. I guess there is a certain gentleness in that. Bestoso. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to know the decisions in your life that led you to this moment, but I'll bet you're questioning a few of them, right? Yeah, yeah a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I'm questioning a couple of my decisions that led me to this point, too. But it's undeniable that we're here. Are you? Right? Are you a demon? I don't know. Bestoso, I can tell you honestly, I don't know. I saw a movie about about demons from people's pasts in the, in the catacombs. Wait, you saw a movie about that? Yeah, I think so. Vaguely, I remember this. Ah, shit. My God for nothing roommates. <laughs> they must have produced it without me. Well, <sighs> neither here nor there. I could still make a pretty great ca- a cask of Amontillado adaptation for sure. Here's what we're going to do, Besto. So here's what we're going to do. That guy, 
Why were you beating up on that guy? I'm not supposed to say nothing about the business of the Society of the Sleeping Heart. Okay, but you realize you're talking to what could be a demon here. Omitting the truth is indistinct from lying. (laughs) And if you lie to me, it might give me power. He trembles backwards. Give me an interrogation roll and you're getting a plus two for your successful intimidation before. So that is going to be an eight. Yep, that'll be a success. And give me a focus check. That is also an eight. All right, you're still in it. Why don't you tell me why you're beating up on this guy? Well, he he told me to. He's pointing to the guy in the suit. He, he Yeah, he's and my we boss. know how good his ideas were, don't we? Yeah, well, this guy, uh, um, so his name is Oliver Morgan, and he's been embedded with the Russians. He's been pushing them and spying on them for us and helping them to take over all the territory in the city. And he was supposed to get something from them. At this, the guy on the ground pipes up, wiping the blood from his mouth. He says, a gun, a very special gun with the Gazarov crest. They didn't tell me everything, but I'm pretty sure we were going to stage a murder and then an accident of some kind so that it all worked out perfectly and all that Gazarov money and power passed to the man upstairs. Except he screwed it up. He got caught. And now the thing we need is out of our reach. It's locked away in a vault. And so I was supposed to kill him. Wow, this this is you've you've got your own little universe going, huh? Your own little cinematic universe going. That's great. Here's what I'll say. That sounds to me like a toxic workplace environment. I'm sure that you don't want your performance reviewed based on whether or not you're able to uh, complete certain menial tasks resulting in your ultimate violent death, right? Well, considering I let my boss die i don't think it's gonna go so good for me yeah it doesn't seem like a great idea now that you're on the other side of it huh yeah well you you told me to do it maybe i i should stop listening to people just because they speak authoritatively oh no i don't know how that'll go oh god no i won't do that i'm sorry so here's what we're gonna do you're gonna you're gonna help this guy up is what you're gonna do give me a leadership role if you want to take control of this guy Ooh, yeah. Let's see if Leonard is any good at leadership. Can, can we do intimidation? That is kind of... You can You can roll intimidation again to try and get more control of him. Without leadership, it's going to be kind of hard to, to actually get him to do what you're, you want to do. But I will let you take intimidation roles or diplomacy roles to get him to do individual things. But without a leadership role, I will not let you, mm-hmm. like... Just be, become his boss. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Then. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we're gonna stick with with not taking full control and just going action by action with intimidation. I'll tell you what, Besto. So I'm in a bit of a shaggy dog situation. Do you know what that is? Like a dog that hasn't had a haircut in very long, probably because he's quarantined and does not have access to hair styling that's very good that's very funny that's more of a literal interpretation of what that is uh the other way you could look at a shaggy dog is it's kind of a hectic helter skelter scenario that bounces back and forth between many different locations where the audience feels like they're very off balance watching someone go on an improbable adventure that's usually quite psychologically harrowing for the protagonist. It's psychologically harrowing for me. Well, I've got bad news for you, Bestoso. Right now, 
you're not the protagonist. Oh, God, that's so ominous. That's me. I've always had that feeling like I was a secondary character in my own life. I understand that feeling. That's a pretty common feeling. Annie, I'm pretty sure that you might identify with that feeling a little bit based on some of our conversations. Um, I see myself as more of a lovable sidekick than a secondary character. Fair point. Kind of like a foil or, you know, really a co-lead in a lot of respects. I was hoping for, you know... Romantic interest. Well, we'll look at the ethics of that later. Bestoso, here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. This is a shaggy dog scenario. If you get introduced at this juncture in my story, there are two things that happen. You could become a lovable side character and help this poor beaten gentleman out of this dungeon and me to a licensed therapist. Or... You could become part of the chaos in my life. Wow. I'm going to... You have a really deft touch with using meta narrative to inspire me. If that doesn't have any penalties, I've got it. Yep, you got it. Intimidation. Uh, He is on the button intimidated. He does, however, get a resistance roll, which he fails terribly. John Bestoso, not rolling the best. (laughs) And give me a focus check on that intimidation. Come on, baby. (laughs) Uh, that is 12, so that's me, baby. That's it. We're out. That, that was an incredible uh, an incredible little turn. You definitely moved him forward. I, I like uh, you. Honestly, the, the approach you took of just dominating the room was not one that I, uh, I had thought of, and I loved it. You, you like neutralized one with a glance, like Jedi mind-tricked one, and just destroyed the <laughs> other one with a... It was a crit success, right? You got a crit success with the wide bottle? Yeah, yeah it was amazing. one of the it was the crit success that I got or two. I, I think I had another crit success yeah, earlier. earlier, but that was like on a perception check. But yeah, amazing uh, way of of neutralizing. Uh, Kevin Kane was meant to be a real like badass, and he's dead now. And uh, Bestoso, I gave him <laughs> a lot of uh, he's his strength and and physical skills are incredible. But you uh, chose the right approach with the the mental. And uh, I, it turns out I did not make him as formidable in that category as perhaps he deserved. But uh... <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what I, I was when you said the as above, so below. I thought we had somehow wandered into another movie universe, and I was so ready for that. That sounds like something I would do, <laughs> but sadly, it's not what I did in this case. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had thought of that. Well, I mean, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late. I, I can't wait to hear whoever follows me on this one. Well, incredible. Thank you so much, James. It was a pleasure and a privilege to have you on. And uh, you actually put Leonard in a decent situation, which is the first time in a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, he's still very hurt and probably with a woman who wants to use him as a weapon. Uh, so lots of complex things going on back and forth there. <laughs> Be be sure to you know think about how problematic the premise for Memento is, huh? Yeah. Let's how about that? Let's examine that in our own time. This was a delight. Thank you so much for having. Thank me. you so much for being on. Uh, it's been awesome. And with that, we jump backwards in time. <laughs> Courtney Alana Ward is an actor, writer, and producer. Screen appearances include Bull. Romance at Reindeer Lodge, Love to the Rescue, and the series Half Honey, which she is the creator and star of. This is Courtney's second appearance on the reroll after Blade Runner. Welcome back, Courtney. How are you doing? Woo! I'm very, very happy to be back. It's awesome to have you on the show again. You are dropped amidst it. Let me tell you, <laughs> Leonard is in a big old mess. 
Okay. We're going to just drop you in. Have you seen the movie Memento? No, because you said if you haven't seen it, okay. don't see it so that it's like more that. true to That's exciting. the uh, memory loss. Well, I've found very few people that actually haven't seen the movie in the first place. Mm. Most people, I've told them not to rewatch it, but it's not. It's fun to have someone who has no idea. Of course, <laughs> the things that are happening right now will not be a good indication. Like, you, like you'll take your little session here and then you'll go watch Memento and you'll be like, what the fuck was all of that shit? What's that? <laughs> Have to Absolutely. do with this. <laughs> so anyway, you are you you come to okay, and you are holding a big dog against your chest as it snaps and growls at you, and you're holding another dog on a chain which is straining its leash ahead of you. You you seem to be following a young woman in a sundress who also has a dog on a chain. You're just walking through an open doorway, and as you turn your head to look back, you see that you are exiting a room which is completely on fire. Uh, right next to you is a man flamboyantly dressed in floral and leopard print over an orange mesh t-shirt. He indignantly grabs the dog that was against your chest, leaving you with just the one dog on the chain. Uh, the room you are entering is covered in dirt and rubble and worryingly does not seem to have any obvious exits, although it's pretty dark, so it's hard to tell. The rubble slopes upward until it meets the ceiling on the opposite end of the room, and that seems to be the way that you're all headed. Uh, you're following the young woman who seems to be following her dog. Uh, and at the center of the room is a big bronze chair, which is wedged in all the rubble. And the flamboyant man briefly stops to grab something from under it before continuing with the two of you. That's it. That's where you're dropping me off. That's what you got. <laughs> oh my gosh. So pure mayhem. Got it. Yeah. You're, you're in the middle of it. It's happening. Pure mayhem. Okay. Um, are these people that I'm with people that I can remember from my past or I have no idea who they are? No idea. Yeah. You don't remember anyone from after your accident. Yes. You don't even know. Like every time you wake up, the accident has just happened. So you have no idea. Okay. So I'm guessing I just need to get out with them since we all have dogs. I would, I don't, I assume we're all on the same team. Um, and as you guys are climbing the mound of rubble, which is actually pretty tough sledding. It's kind of steep and it's hard to walk on. It's, you know, a lot of broken cement with twisted pieces of metal and rocks and random junk in there. The dog bursts out of the young woman's hands and it goes and starts to dig at the end of the room against the wall. Okay, so her dog has like pinpointed an area to dig. Yeah, it's at the far wall. So where the mound of rubble has made it all the way up to the ceiling and it's digging in the rubble there. Okay, so I want to make my dog dig and I'll dig too. And sure. that's uh, what so I'd give like me, to do. You can give me an animal handling role. I don't um, think you have it. Your dog is is barking and growling at you and, and yanking at his leash. Okay. You can give me an, an animal handling role at default if you want to try that. Let me see. Or any other strategy. Know, You've got yes. your character sheet in front um, of you. Just... Not tying. That would not be helpful. Um, I, th that would be painful for the dog, for sure. <laughs> yes. That's what the last guy tried to do. Okay, yeah. Because the only other thing I could see is, like, maybe intimidation to get the dog to, like, listen to me. Like, calm down and realize I'm in charge. You, you could try intimidation on a dog. See how that goes. You know what? Let's go for it. Okay. Here we go. That's a big old fail. 
Damn it. And uh, give me a failure by two intimidation attempt on a dog. Okay. Yeah, what, what do you do? Uh, I say, hey, calm down. Ruff, ruff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he doesn't it's, listen. It's more puzzled than, uh, than intimidated. <laughs> give me, and now give me the first of your mini focus checks. Okay. First one. Here we go. That's a success on the button. Yes. Okay. So you stay focused. I stay focused. You're, you're still in it. But uh, your dog is very much out of your control. And as you try to um, corral it through intimidation alone, it goes to bite at you. And it, it uh, give, me, give me a dodge. Give me a dodge to, okay. to not get your finger bit. Let's see. 11. That's not a dodge. You don't quite... Well, it doesn't do too much damage. It, it nips your finger, but you notice a big bandage over your pinky. So maybe something already bit you before. Also, you lose the chain and the dog sprints ahead up the rubble and it actually starts digging as well in between bouts of frantic barking. The woman is on her hands and knees manually pulling rubble aside. And now you can see as you walk up a bit of sunlight as they're digging down. They're mm -hmm. uncovering a small opening in okay. that wall that seems to lead outside. So there's not enough space. We need more space to squeeze through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you might you might want to help her. She's yes. she's trying to squeeze through. Her dog is now able to squeeze through, but she's a little bit bigger than her dog. She's trying to clear more room for you. Okay. Well, I want to what do I need to do? I want to help you, like you manually. Can just help. You don't you don't have to roll to help. Yeah, okay. I want to help. <laughs> oh, and give me a focus check on that failed dog. Failed dog, yeah. But you're good. 11. Okay, great. Okay, so I'm helping. Yeah. Uh, what's your basic speed? Basic speed. Actually, give me what's your basic lift? Your basic lift. Here, I'll, I'll look it up. Basic lift. Okay. No, you're good. I, I was just checking how quickly you guys could clear uh, rubble between the two of you compared to the rate of flame incursion. And it's tight, but not that tight. The flames are arriving at the bottom of the rubble pile, oh, and dear. you see things starting to, to light up when the hole is now big enough for the woman to squeeze through and for you to squeeze through. Do you, do you want to squeeze through? Or do you want to try and help the flamboyant man and, and the two dogs left behind? Oh man. I, yeah, I don't want to be selfish. I feel like if I'm with them at this point, then I must need them. And since I can't remember shit, <laughs> yeah, I want to try to really quickly shove them through okay. and then follow. So you push the flamboyant man through and he is not doing so great. He's kind of losing his, his wits a little bit. Um, but he manages to get himself in control enough to see what you're doing and, and shove himself through. Yes. And then there's the last dog that you lost okay. control of. Do you want to try and chase it down um, and, and pull it again? Yeah, I mean... Yes, I'm going to do it. I got to do it. Okay. Okay. So you, yeah. you go and it's just barking madly at the fire. It's mm -hmm. a little bit lost its mind. Give me a animal handling would be ideal, but you don't have it. So you'd be rolling at default. Do I have you a treat take... on me? Do I have anything that I could get his attention with to throw out the hole that he might You don't follow? find anything quickly in your pockets, but I'll let you take a scrounging roll to look around the uh, near side of the rubble pile okay. to find something. Okay. So I have that at 11. Let's see. 
Come on. Ah, I got a 12. <laughs> That's a failure. You look around, it's mostly just rubble and rocks, nothing that would attract a dog. More time is spent and the and the flames are getting closer. You can just try and bodily grab and drag the dog. Otherwise, you got to you, yeah. you feel like yeah. it's almost Let's time to go. Yeah. Let's just do that. And then if he doesn't come with me, then I guess I got to leave him. All right, give me a dex okay. roll to get a handle on the dog. Okay. I got 10. That's good enough. Yes. Yes. The dog does not dodge you. And you have it grabbed again by the collar and you're pulling. And now you can feel the flames. They're close enough that your face is feeling slightly singed. Give me another day. Oh, first of all, give me a focus check on that last on that last roll. Okay. Here we go. Twelve. That's you're fine. Yes. You're on the button again. Give me now a dex roll to try and shove the dog through the little hole. Okay. And you can hear the shout of the young woman from the other side shouting, Leonard, Leonard, come on! Just barely over the that beating sound that hot flames have. Okay, all right, here we go. 12 again? That is not good enough. And you are... Uh, you shove the dog into place and it's sort of sideways and its legs catch on the top. Give me a focus check. Okay, focus check. And now you're just bodily trying to push the dog through. Uh, And that's your first failed focus check. You're still good, but that's one down. Okay. Give me another dex now at a minus one for repeated attempts to try and shove the dog through. Okay. And if you fail this one, you're going to start taking damage rolls from the fire. Okay, and you've taken a little bit of damage from the fire as you've it's it's overheating you, uh, and you it's it starts to start to hurt. You haven't caught fire yet, but you're not okay. very far from it. Give me a dex minus two, and at any time you can say "fuck this dog" and shove it out of the way and go through yourself. But you're at a dex minus two for repeated attempts to try and push the dog through. I'm gonna do one more time, one okay. more time, okay, and then okay, come on, dog. Twelve. Oh. It's not good enough. No, because it's my two. <laughs> yeah. Give me a focus check. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> 10. You're still good. Um, okay. The fire gets another uh, attempt on you, and this time it's there's no there's no damage. Okay, so I got to leave the dog. I, I have to leave the dog. This is awful. I'm just going to run out, and I'm going to hope that the dog will, will follow me. That's what I'm going to okay. do. Okay. So you uh, you shout out of the way, you squeeze through, you get to the other end, and you are on a narrow metal girder that is that the three of you and two dogs are now standing on. And okay. the 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 flamboyantly dressed man grabs you by the shirt collars and says, Where's where's Wolfgang? Where's Wolfgang? Okay. Um so he didn't follow me out or is there still time for him to, if we call There's him? There's still time. This is, oh, this is like a second later. Okay. Well, he seems to have a relationship with the dog. So can I tell him to call him? Sure. Yeah. 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 I want him to call him and try to coax the dog out. All right. You tell him. Okay. He goes, he rolls animal handling and he, he successfully is able to get a, his hand on the dog collar and, and pull the dog through. And, and, but the, yes. the dog is burned. The dog uh. is injured and it's limping slightly now as, as you see that it's, it's rear legs got singed as did yours. Both okay. of your butts got a little burned in the fire. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me a perception roll to see if you notice right. something in the heat of battle. All right. Um, 13. <laughs> That's a failure. Damn it. Not, not rolling so hot, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> oh, and give me a, a focus check on that failed perception. <laughs> no. 10. You're good. Okay. Oh so the God. three of you 
six of you, including the dogs, have climbed mm-hmm. out and dropped down onto a narrow metal beam. You're between two buildings, essentially, and you're just under the sidewalk level. Okay. And above you, there's open grating so you can see the sky. You can try to climb up. It's going to be kind of a tricky climb, plus you'll be at a minus three for a busted finger. Okay. Otherwise, you can try to run along the beam you're on, which hues next to the building, essentially okay. run around the side of the building to your left or right. The beam sort of disappears into darkness, but presumably it's anchored to something. The only problem is that will mean staying close to the building that is currently on fire. Mm-hmm. The other option is forward the direction you came out. There are more girders laid out parallel to the one you're on, and you can okay. sort of Super Mario Brothers jump from girder to girder to make it to the next building over. Yeah. But they're all spaced about five feet apart, and between them there's an open drop leading who knows where. All you can hear down below you is rushing water. My gosh! Uh, okay. Um, so I don't want to run around and I don't want to go down then. I want to like go forward. So if you push forward, that'll mean jumping from metal beam to metal beam. Everyone's going to be making dex rolls past the area that's directly under the open grating. It's too dark to really see what's over there. You can make out that there's another building, but you can't really see it. The jumps will be a little harder if you're in the dark over there. It's like up and out sideways or down climb up sideways along the building down into the water or forward along the beams okay so then either down into the water but things may just then come tumbling down on top of us because the fire's coming so and then forward but there we're gonna lose light you do have a sense that the the wall behind you is gonna provide some pretty pretty spectacular illumination very shortly That is true. Okay, so let's do that then. Let's go forward. Let's hop. Okay, so give me a dex check to try and make the... Well, first of all, before you actually try and make a dex check, the, mm-hmm. there is the question of the dogs. Are How are you guys going to manage the dogs? Um, I'm assuming the other two dogs can jump. Mine maybe will have an issue with that. Yeah, so basically to carry the dogs, you'll take... Dex penalties to jump across. Otherwise, you'll need to roll animal handling to get the dogs to jump on their own. Uh, The flamboyant man has picked up one of the dogs, and the woman um, successfully rolls animal handling on on the other one. Okay. I'll just carry my dog then. Okay. So you're going to take these at a now dex minus one for carrying the dog. Okay. The dex minus one is to make it to the edge of the darkness. You're not rolling for every girder. Okay. Like each individual jump is not super hard, but there is a non-trivial chance of slipping and falling. They're narrow girders. You're going to do like eight of them to get to the edge of the darkness. Okay. So I'm rolling to jump the eight right now. Yeah. So give me a dex minus one and uh, your companions are also rolling. Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, that's a big old fail. And go ahead and give me a uh, focus check while Uh. we uh, figure out. Okay, 11. You're good on focus. Okay, so um, so you p- push ahead first of all, holding mm-hmm. your dog across your chest in your arms mm-hmm. and jumping from girder to girder. It, it, it seemed a lot easier when you looked at it than you are now doing it with a dog in your kind of vision block and sort mm-hmm. of blocking. And after a couple of the girders, you slip and you fall backwards. Now... Split second decision. Are you trying to grab the girder to hold on? Are you holding on to the dog? Are you trying to do both? I'm, I mean, I'd like to, oh my God, this dog. 
If you hold on to the dog, it's a penalty to everything you're trying to do. Okay, fine. I'll just grab the girder. Okay, so you let go of the dog. (laughs) And you uh, reach out to hold on to the girder. Give me a dex roll to catch the girder. Okay. Oh, dear Lord. Please, please, please. Damn it. (laughs) That's a big old fail. (laughs) No. And you and the dog plunge into darkness and give me a focus check. Okay. Come on. 11. You're good. Okay, you fall and suddenly it's dark and you're surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. You take a hit on the on the fall, not, not enough to do any damage, but it kind of knocks the wind out of you mm-hmm. and you're suddenly uh, disoriented. There's rushing water all around you. You feel the dog land next to you as the two of you kind of clatter into each other underwater. Mm-hmm. Give me an IQ roll to figure out which way is up. Which way is up? Um, is the water deep was also a question. I don't know yet. Oh God. You don't know yet. It's very dark. Yes. Good success. You immediately orient yourself and (sighs) crest and you're trying to grab breaths of air as you take stock. There's not enough light, but you see someone from above dive down. Okay. And, uh, give me a perception. Okay. Oh, and give me a focus check for that. Uh, last IQ roll. Okay. Come on, come on. Uh, 13. That was the focus check? Yeah. Okay. That's another failure. You're now on your last focus check. No, no. <laughs> uh, now give me the perception check. Okay. Perception check. 10. You're good? Yeah. It is uh, the young woman who has dived after you somewhat nimbly and okay. uh, splashed into the water. And she grabs a hold of your shoulder and she says, Leonard, Leonard, are you okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. How do we get out of here? I don't know. It's running pretty hard. It's carrying us. And now you do take stock of the fact that the water is pushing you along. And um, there is, you become aware that the the, uh, other guy has also fallen and he has splashed somewhat upriver of you. And the water is, is pushing and carrying you along. Okay. And it's ca- it's carrying you with some speed. Okay. You're kind of in the inside of an old subterranean um, drainage tunnel with mm-hmm. rounded off brick walls. There are several smaller outlet tunnels that the water rushes down. You see a couple of figures speed down one of them just ahead of you. You're not sure who you just lost down that way. You can go down as well, although the water is rushing ominously fast. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, give me a dex minus one to try to hold on to the brick walls okay. and not get sucked down the tunnel. All right. Here we go. Come on, come on, come on. Ten. That's so. a, yeah, it's on the button. And you are able to reach out a hand and grab onto the brick wall. Give me another dex roll mm-hmm. to grab onto the girl okay. who is rushing past you, and she does she did not manage to grab onto the brick walls. Okay. Five. Big success. Give me a focus check. Okay, focus check. Come on, focus check. Come on, come on. 11. Oh, no. That's it. That's it? Yeah. Wait, why is that it? Because that your your last uh, your last focus check is at a minus two. No! <laughs> no! No! I'm sorry. But that, that was fun. You, uh, very action-packed turn. Very action-packed. Holy cow. It's pure mayhem with with the losing focus. My gosh. Well, Leonard, it's been <laughs> real. <laughs> Sorry I let you down, man. <laughs> no, it was it was great. You uh you have you have led us into a new new area. All right. You got him out of the burning building, which was not a given and was okay. uh 
was kind of key to keeping Leonard alive. Yeah. Wait, there's more peeps after me to play. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Thank the Lord. I was like, did I just kill him? Okay. Thank no, goodness. no, yeah, we have we're keeping this going until the story until the story's over. Oh, fabulous! So we have we've had a lot of special guests on. I'm going to keep inviting special guests onto the show. Okay, we might eventually cycle through our original cast again because we okay. are running through uh, regular people. But um, so uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, this was a fun, very high octane uh, little session. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It definitely like the super high stakes this time. Yeah, because of how it's all laid out, which makes it yeah real fun. <laughs> so thank and you, <laughs> thank you. This was fabulous and lovely. You ended on a very crucial role to hang on to the girl whose name you didn't even learn. Wonderfully. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that was nice. All right. Well, that was I nice did something. <laughs> you did a lot. Thank you so much for being on, Courtney. Sorry, it was such a short sesh. No, I mean, uh, it was short, but like I literally have so much adrenaline going through my body. So it's great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Leonard was rolling rough on you, but you you adapted. You adjusted. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. You, you held on to those dogs. You, you... <laughs> I didn't want to give up on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Brian McManaman is a veteran stage and screen actor best known for his portrayal of the shape-shifting DC Comics villain Clayface on the Fox TV show Gotham. He is also an incredible director and teacher of theater. He's been a big mentor to both me and Jaws Vammer, who listeners will know. Brian, I'm excited to have you on the show for the first time. Welcome. Well, thank you you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I can't wait to see what happens. Yes. So, uh, you've seen the movie Memento, right? I have. All right. So you know a little bit what's going on. I I will warn you straight up everything you know about the movie Memento. Go ahead and throw it out because we have gone so far left field at this point that it's not useful information. It is out of my memory. Okay, good. As is everything because you are Leonard Shelby and you cannot retain memories. That's what I'm told. Leonard, you suddenly come to and there's something big in your arms and it's loud and it's trying to move and you have it gripped tight and it's a dog and its muzzle is right in your face and it's barking and it's trying to bite at you and you have it gripped tight. And as you look around, you see that you're in a a fairly dark like basement room and there's a woman next to you who's shouting in fear and there's Guy, he's shouting at the dog to attack. Michelangelo, kill, kill, kill. And you have the dog gripped tight in your arms and it is trying its best to bite you. Uh, Leave me alone, dog. Sit, sit, Ah, get away. It's wriggling furiously in your arms. You have a pretty good grip on it so it can't quite bite you, but it's trying. So I hold it tighter. Okay. And I say, this is too much, and I need you to help me. You, woman, help me. Get this dog off of me. She goes to try and grab it, but it tries to bite her, and she jumps backward with a squeak and looks at you helplessly. Meanwhile, the man is shouting at you, Some dogs are all bark and no bite, but mine are spoiling for a fight. Shakespeare, get over here and help me with this motherfucking dog now or I'm gonna bite his 
head off. Your pleas for help are doomed to fail. I've not forgotten your betrayal. He seems angry at you. And meanwhile, the girl in the sundress tries again to grab at the dog and he snaps at her again. She says, Leonard, I don't know what to do. And neither do I. So uh, why don't you give me a perception roll? I'm rolling. Yes, give me a roll. Uh... Seven. Okay, so that's a good success. You're able to take in the space in spite of the dog massively freaking out in your arms and the pain in your shoulder and hand that's kind of distracting. You're in a basement next to a woman in a sundress. You're standing on a deep layer of rubble that covers the whole floor. On one side of you is a doorway that the door has long fallen off of, and through it you see a floodlight flat on its back, surrounded by two other dogs looking at you with interest. The floodlight is shining upwards and kind of blinding you so you look away and on the other side of you anchored into place in the rubble is a big bronze chair like a throne surrounded by weird paper mache figurines looking at it reverently and bowing and in the chair is the man who was yelling at you and now that you get a good look at him he is a flamboyant character he has two bathrobes on one floral and one leopard print over an orange mesh t-shirt and green camo shorts his hair is short and blonde and spiky and he has several piercings in his face behind him the rubble piles up higher and higher till it reaches the ceiling and for your strong success perception you notice that the room seems to be filling with smoke ma'am do you see what i see I see a lot of things, and I don't like them, Leonard. Yeah, me either. The man jumps up on his chair, shouting, The wandering eyes see your demise. I uh, don't know what you're up to here, but you and your minions may have a problem. The girl pipes in. She says, Yeah, there's a fire back there. Yeah, do you do you think it may be time to leave? Leonard, I would love to, but I'm not sure how to get out of here. Ah. Do you want to try asking him? Okay. Give me a diplomacy roll if you want to get anything out of the strange man. All right, here we go. Six plus four is ten. That is a success by one. Uh, Give me a focus check. All right, this one is thirteen. Okay, that is your first focus check failure. Uh, Go ahead and give me the diplomacy with the strange man. Girlfriend, look, you look amazing. You are hotter than anyone I've seen uh, lately, but I, I think it's time that maybe we look for the exit sign and uh, take this show outside. He's stopped short for the first time, taken aback by your taste and refinement. <laughs> the dog is still losing its mind in your arms. What do you say? You and your little mutt, mutt. and I... Uh, Go out for a little walk. And as you say that, the dogs in the other room start barking at something and everyone stops and stares at them. And as you watch, their barking gets more panicked and suddenly the light on the floodlight pops. And with that light gone, suddenly you can see the other room is lit up by flames that are lapping up at the walls. And that's what the dogs are barking at. The man shrieks, Wolfgang, Wendigo, my babies, I'm coming. The woman says, oh, my God, Leonard, I don't think we should have left your torch back there. My torch? Uh, Yeah. I don't have a torch. Uh, Oh, Leonard, you got to be careful. You're on a lot of drugs, remember? What the fuck? You're you're probably just having trouble telling the truth from the hallucinations. So is Brian. Uh, The man runs past you. He's going to the other room to try and save his dogs. My pups, you have to help me save my pups. Well, go get them. I'm not leaving. I'm not staying here with them. And he flips you off and runs into the other room with the fire to try and get his dogs well, free. Well, can I just 
lock him in the door with the two There's dogs? no actual door there. There's just a uh, doorway where oh, a door dear. used to be. Okay, lady, it's uh, it's up to you and I to get the hell out of here as fast as we can, mm-hmm. or else we're going to have to take these dogs on. You get Mozart and I get Wolfgang. I don't want to fight those dogs. Let's get out of here. I'm coming with you. So uh, n- neither of you know the way out of here. So if you want to try and find an exit without the strange man's help, give me a search roll and you're at a minus two because you, you're at a minus three because you have a very angry dog still in your arms. So I roll. Yeah. If you want to search, give me a search minus three. Fifteen. Ah, uh, that is definitely not good enough. Uh, give me a focus check for that search okay. roll. Oh, shit. This one is 16. <laughs> oh, no. That is your second focus check failure. I'm sorry, Brian. This might be a short turn. Yeah! <laughs> uh, anyway, so you searched, but you ca- it's dark. You can't see anything. There's a rubble pile on one side. There's a doorway to a room that's very much on fire on the other. Uh, you don't see an obvious place to go. The girl turns to you with increasing panic in her eyes, not knowing where to go. I follow the dog. The, uh, yeah, the, the dog that's in your arm? Yes, yes, yes. I think dogs might know better than we do at this point where to go. Okay, well, if you put down the dog that's currently in your arms, common sense, it's going to bite you. You've been restraining it this whole time, and it is furiously just in your grip. Uh, give me an animal handling role if you want to try and calm it down. Um, don't worry, pup. We're going to get through this together. I've got you. Here we go. Um, 13. That's not good enough. Give me a focus check. Seven. Perfect. You're still in it. Uh, the woman says to you, I, I, I'm kind of nervous about this dog. He's really losing his mind. Uh, anyway, maybe we should go help save those other two dogs. I feel bad about them. I mean, they were mean, but I don't want them to burn. All right. I'll take one. You take the other. Let's do this. Okay, so you guys head through the doorway to where the uh, man and the other dogs are. And you see the strange man is kind of paralyzed in fear as the flames have come right up to the dogs, which are straining their leashes to get away from it. The man is paralyzed. Uh, however, your uh, the woman with you springs into action and she starts to work on one of the uh, chains uh, if you want to work on the other, give me a dex minus three for the fact that you're so, holding a dog in your arms at the moment. So that was a seven. Amazing. That is good enough. So you're still restraining one dog against your chest, just holding it in place. And meanwhile, you and the woman run down to try and free the other two dogs. You take one and you see that it's a chain that's wrapped around a pole that's just sticking out of the rubble in the ground. And the dog, that dog is also kind of barking at you, although it's not trying to bite you. It lets you get close. And you're able to, with one arm, just get the chain off of the pole. And it's hot to the touch. The flames are right at your feet as you get in there. And, and as you reach down, your your hand almost gets burned as the flames lap up. And you notice briefly that the ring on your hand seems to glow with some text on it. But in the meanwhile, you are just able to get that dog free. And you see the woman, and she's able to get her dog free quickly. And all of you sprint back into the other room away from the flames. Uh, give me a focus check. Uh, it, it's 13. Oh, oh no. Oh, great. That's that's it. That's it. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, Brian. That was the shortest turn ever. I'm done. I didn't get any further. Oh I'm God. still I'm so stuck sorry. holding that's... a dog yeah. in this place on fire. I mean, this is this is I did not advance this story <laughs> one bit. Wow. I, I you know, that's that was a remarkably unlucky set of roles. Uh we've had we've had people's turns last like an hour. <laughs> 
and you failed all your focus checks in like five shots. Look, this is just following right in line with how my life goes. So this is um this is this is <laughs> this is not coming as a surprise to me, but uh, I'm I'm happy I was able to to come on anyway. It was so lovely to have you on and to and to see your wonderful face for just a little bit. Well, thanks for um, having me, and I hope I get a chance to do it again. Now that I know sort of what it is, it's it's so fascinating and and how exciting. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. We're moving Leonard forward bit by bit, but you will always be part of Leonard, even if it was temporarily short. From a perspective of of gravity, of ingenuity, you, your imprint on Leonard will be everlasting. Well, thank you. That was uh, fantastic and surprising and. Like all wonderful things, but too brief. Well, it's okay. I mean, I I am happy to do it. I, I I wish I had had um you know I wish now that I know what it is. I really but the the fun part too is sort of not knowing what you're doing. So uh, I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, and it's just great to see your face again. Yeah, I'm so happy and proud of you for for making this happen. It's exciting. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, I I hope we get to have you back on. Uh, we will hopefully. Under more uh, propitious circumstances, we will have many, many more of these. Great. And well, it would you, be wonderful you, to have you back. You stay well. And get Jaws my love, too, if you talk to we'll her. We'll do. We'll do. She's out, in, she's out weathering this in San Diego. I know. It's so wild. All right. All right, sir. Uh, thank thanks you so for making much, this Brian. happen. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Okay, that's it for us tonight. As always, the show is Film Reroll on Twitter. We are also Film Reroll on Patreon. Thank you to everyone who supports us there. We don't sell ads, as you can hear. We are entirely community-supported, so Patreon is what keeps the show afloat. We do, however, sell merch, so check out filmreroll.com store to pick up some nifty teas and such. Okay, plugs. I am Paulo Quiroz on Twitter. Courtney is Courty Ward on Instagram. Scott is scottiello 41 on Twitter. Scott has been recording a constant stream of audiobooks since this whole mess started. Go to audible.com and enter Scott Aiello into the search engine for a complete list. Uh, the new James Rollins short story collection entitled Unrestricted Access is particularly good. Brian and James recorded their plugs with me, so let's listen first to James. Uh, sure. If you liked the role-playing that you heard here, if you want more fun storytelling like like that uh please uh look for the campaign skyjacks podcast in your favorite podcast listening app uh there you can hear me uh gm an ongoing campaign about sky pirates in an anti-colonial setting that is extremely gay oh, uh, I love it. it's it's a lot of fun that sounds um, amazing check that out and the other, if you like role-playing games generally, I have a new book coming out called The Ultimate Micro RPG Book, where we have a collection of 40 different micro RPGs by some of the most talented and exciting designers working in the indie space today. Uh, it is coming out in November, but you can actually pre-order it now uh, with whatever book retailer you would like. Uh, they will be in big stores, assuming we can ever go to stores again. Uh, but otherwise, online retailers as well, you can get it delivered right to your door. James is One Shot RPG on Twitter. And now Brian. Yeah, sure. I've got... Um two films coming out one is a, a horror film um that release date is yet to be uh the film festival that it was in is uh on is postponed um but i do have another film that's uh called the subject and that's opening 
uh, soon in another festival in New York. So there we go. That's my plug. Brian is Brian McManaman on Twitter. And that is it for us today. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back with more Memento soon. Memento soon.